Hey, this is your Olympic hero, Kurt Angle, and you're listening to Moles and Mel on Rap Rankings. Oh, it's true. It's true magic. What's up? What day is it? Oh, oh no. You, you've been smoking that chronic again? I can't help it, bro. You know what? Maybe we Mi- shouldn't illegalize this stuff after all. Mr. Birch, a- I'm fucked. <laughs> That's a drop we got to get, uh, by the way. But... <laughs> Yeah, folks, we should illegal. I, I had a great co-host once upon a time, but that that devilish, terrible, no good, rotten substance known as marijuana—it's ruined his life, and it's ruined this show. Ruined my life. I love my life. Now, <laughs> as I was saying, the chronic. You sound drunk, not high, <laughs> Doctor Dre. Well, I've been drinking a little bit too. Oh, oh no. Because I knew we were going to do the chronic. Well, I'll tell you what, man. This is the man. I'll this is tell the man you this. who's got hip-hop on his back. It's moles, baby. <laughs> this, this man is like the living, like, anthropomorphic weed leaf right now. And this like, is my co-host, Dr. Dre. No, no, this is your co-host, yeah. Mel. Huh? No, if I was Dr. Dre, I'd be like, anybody can listen to a classic. The hard part is reviewing it, mother. You know? Well, folks, all jokes aside, we are here. This is Rap Rankings. And uh, it's Mules, the man who's got <laughs> on his back. And I'm joined by it, uh, Mel. It's Mel. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I guess it's obvious what we're doing now, huh? It's obvious, but you know, I've I've just I'm getting real, getting real insecure, man. I'm getting real. I feel like, I feel like every time we do one of these episodes, I have to reveal that I'm only then hearing them for the first time. And it's like, you know, I called myself a rapper for 13 years, having not heard "Paid in Full" or "The Chronic," or you know, and, and I'm just like, hey, I can't blame anyone but myself, though. You know, it's I have I had plenty of time. You did hear but, Hall of Fame. But but what <laughs> but what I do act more stupidly. But yeah, I finally heard it, and we're gonna review it here today. But as you know, we got this show, and we got to order. We got a way we do things, and and people well, aren't familiar with it. So I'm what is the show gonna... anyway? What's the goal here? What are we doing? Well, it's rap rankings. Uh, if you didn't know what that is, rap rankings is the show where we listen to, rate, rank, and discuss every album in hip hop history. Uh, yeah, every album. Um. Now, of course, the question naturally would be like, yeah, sure. All right. Well, how are you doing this? Because there are a bunch of systems out there. You got that Dewey Decimal System. You got System of a Down. I said, no, this is the Mules and Mail system. It's the rating system. It's pretty simple. Uh, I'll explain it to you if you'd like, audience. Yeah, explain it. Okay, cool. Well, here I go. The rating system, as I said, is simple. Each song is rated on a scale of 1 to 10. These numbers do not reflect the quality of a song, as that is indeterminable. Instead, each number reflects a level of enjoyment. In short, here is what each number means. 10 means, this is a perfect song to me, one of my favorite songs of all time. 9 means, I love it. 
Eight means I like it a lot. Seven means I like it. Six means it's aight. I don't dislike it, but I can't say that I like it. Five means I feel practically nothing about this. Four means it's not the worst thing I've ever heard, but I dislike it. Three means I dislike it. Two means I hate it. And one means I absolutely can't stand it. One of the worst things I've ever heard. One chef, Welches, 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 gin and juice. Yeah. Anyway, uh, once every song on an album is rated, three separate ratings are determined. The takeaway rating, the average rating, and the weighted rating. The takeaway rating is the percentage of song like song song like man. I gotta take this whole thing from the top. I don't know who was smoking the crime. <laughs> the takeaway rating is the percentage of songs liked. That is songs rated seven or higher. For example, on a ten song album, if you like five songs, the takeaway rating would be fifty percent. The average rating is the percentage obtained by dividing the sum of the song scores by the highest possible score that particular album can receive. For example, each song can receive a maximum score of 10 points. So if an album has 10 songs, the highest possible score would be 100 points. However, if an album has 15 songs, the highest possible score would be 150 points. The weighted rating is a percentage obtained by adding the takeaway rating to the average rating and dividing by two. Once we have our separate weighted ratings, we add those together and divide by two, with the resulting percentage being considered the final and definitive rating used to ultimately rank the album on the giant board of every rap album in history. Lastly, Bobby, for particularly high-scoring albums, there are special designations that can be attained under our record club system. The qualifications are as follows. Silver Record Club is for albums that achieve a weighted rating between 75 and 79.9%. Golden Record Club is for albums that achieve a weighted rating between 80 and 84.9%. Platinum Record Club is for albums that achieve a weighted rating between 85 and 89.9%. And Diamond Record Club is for albums that achieve a weighted rating between 90 and 100%. That's it. That's the rating system. You know, I got to say something about this system. You know, I've been I've been getting a lot of grief in my group chat, as I usually do that. That ain't nothing new. But uh, they, they listen to uh, one member of the chat. Listen to our damn review, man. He was okay. not happy, as I suspected. They were calling they were calling me all sorts of things. They, 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 they've been referring to us as Velveeta rankings for some reason. I don't you like know? that at all. I don't I don't, I don't it hurt. It hurt my feelings. You know, I, I'm not really sure what it means in a logical sense, but it stings, you know, to be called Velveeta rankings. So here's the thing. But they acknowledge that the system makes sense. You know, uh, our, our good pal, Daniel Ochoa, you may know him from uh, one of our famous drops. It goes like this. You a bozo. That's on me. He had to admit after teasing me relentlessly for like 30 minutes that he actually agreed with my assessment of the album. He was like, you know what, though? You know what's funny? I only like like three songs on the album. And I was like, you see? You see why this show is important? Because we rank albums and people allow narratives to shape their opinion of things. When you sit and listen to it, you, you realize it's like, you know what? As an album, I actually don't like this thing. Maybe I just like what it represented. Maybe I just like the handful of songs that I liked. But as an album, it actually doesn't work for me. And it's we're doing the important work here on this we're show. We're doing folks. the hard work we're that doing people the are hard scared work. to do. They're scared to ruin their reputations, their relationships. But guess what? We already did. We already <laughs> ruined those. We so we're here, them. right here on we already ruined Rap them. Rank. 
we are doing the important work. Okay. Uh, yeah, it's just, I'll end with this. Like, you know, they were, they were upset that I almost gave, they, they kept saying like you, you almost gave DNA a five. And I'm like, well, you can't well, change six minus six, to almost gave it a five. Well, we gave you know, it a six, like, didn't we? We both gave it a six I minus. I gave it a six minus. Yeah, you oh, gave yeah. it a six minus too. And they were like, you almost gave I'm like, yeah, I know, but that's not what I gave it. But anyway, oh. he realized. Bro, that's like uh, me when I, when I gave one day on our, our UGK Ride and Dirty review. Check that out right now. Um, I gave one day the first 10 in rap rankings history on my behalf. You know, you've given out, I think, uh, one or two tens at this point. Um, I deep fried friends. Yeah, I, I gave out my first 10, and nobody hit me and was like, damn, you almost gave that song a nine. You know, but but it's funny. He had to realize, you know, he was like, you know what the funniest thing is about this. Now, this is what Style said to me. You may know him as the guest on the Hall of Fame by Big Sean episode. He was like, the only guest to give a song less than the 10. Yeah, you know, so he, he does have some nuance there in his brain, but he said something and it was, that was that was great. I think it was an encapsulation of how stupid sometimes criticism can be of people who are criticizing. He was like, yo, <laughs> like I've been killing you for like an hour because like according to your scale, because you almost said that you feel practically nothing. About, I'm mad that you didn't feel anything. <laughs> it's like, yeah, you see how goofy that is like. You know, you can't be upset with the person for not feeling something. I didn't even say, first of all, I didn't give it a five. I gave it a six. Well, and we also right. say at the top of every show, we don't tell you if something's good or bad. We tell you if we like it or not. Right. That's indeterminable. We tell you how much we enjoy it or how much we don't enjoy it, because that's all you can do with music. So I just the, the show. It's working in the streets. I got my ear to the streets. They're telling me things. They're giving me, you know, they're, they're, they're interested. They want Mules and Mel to continue this grand experiment because we're the only two that, that are capable of doing it, you know? So, uh. Yeah, you I'm may glad to not. Hear it. Thanks, thanks everyone for listening, and make thanks. sure uh, before we proceed, if you guys can, of course, you check out the board at raprankings.com. You can check out the mixtape board and the album board, as well as uh, you can contact us from there. You can get merchandise. Also, don't don't contact us. We're very busy people. Please, I can't be contacted no, right, right, right to now. us. If you if you want to give us some, oh feedback, yeah, sure, write to sure, us. right, right. You but don't send right us any the of them audio notes that they're trying to they're oh, trying don't to do wheel that. out. Don't do, don't that. do that. And don't and don't send us your music. If you have feedback from the episodes, we'd like to hear it. Just uh, you can get the contact form on our website and contact us there. Um, if you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts. I need you to go and give us a five star and give us a review, like, rate, subscribe, you know, the whole fucking thing. I don't know, guys, you got to help me out here, you know, <laughs> get get out there and and do the do the good work, you know, do the good deed. If you uh, if you like the show, you, you got to get out and vote. You can't just yeah, complain. You, you got to yeah. vote. This is Barack Obama, a patron of rap rankings. Oh, no, I don't. No, 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 no. We don't. Listen, we don't, we don't, listen, there's a, there's a contingent of people out there who's not a big fan of that guy. Uh, it's a tremendous show. It's the best oh, show no. about rap. You oh, have to Jesus. subscribe to Rap Rankings. You gotta cut this you're out. A, you're a nasty, nasty person out. if this you're not listening bad. to Rap Rankings. This is very, very bad. This is bad. The two most, two most controversial men back to back. Well, you know why you think it's bad? You ain't black. That's why you think it's bad. <laughs> All right. He's back, baby. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, listen, we were messing around out here. Dr. Dre, he's he's tapping his foot like Jim Jones. He's real impatient right now. Let's let's let's, let's do let's get our schmageggy segments out of the way, you know? All right. Let's All hit right. it. So uh, if you don't know, folks, before we jump into the album officially, uh, we like to cover This Week in Hip Hop, where we discuss the major stories from This Week in Brief, uh, and we also discuss what happened this week in hip hop history. So uh, let's start. Uh, this week, and uh, let's, start, let's start with history for once. This week in hip hop history, Kanye West's Yeezus was released seven years ago. <laughs> <laughs> Did you load that specifically after reading the show notes? Oh, you know it. <laughs> you know it. Um, Kendrick Lamar turns 33. Oh, wow. Okay, so after this in the show notes, you wrote, and if he were still with us today, I was like, did he die? Is this our latest death? This is this is like I'm breaking the news for the first time. Yeah, that'd be nice. Uh, Conch hit me up. He gave me the exclusive, uh, you know, the exclusive story. No, that's not what happened. Uh, Kendrick oh, Lamar turned man. 33 with the same age. Me and Kendrick Lamar, look at that. I'm uh, the same age as the Pul- the Pulitzer man. Yeah. Um, and uh, what, what what you are saying is, and if he were still with us today, Tupac Shakur would have turned 49 this week. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I, I would say Kendrick's birthday is just a part of this week in hip-hop rather than hip-hop history. But, you know, it's whatever. Well, he turns 33. Maybe something big happened when he turned 33. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. we'll be able to document, and it's like, yo, that Kendrick thirty third year though. <laughs> oh man, well look, he's got was that the man punch. You were saying he's on there talking about uh, we don't deserve him. All right, well I read fine. this. I thought maybe Kendrick killed himself because we don't deserve him. Oh come on, Mel, you know? that's that's in bad based taste. on what I was reading. How was on, I was supposed to know that. that's not right. It's not right. It would have sucked. Anyway, in the news. Uh, Freddie Gibbs, or no, Freddie Gribbs, Come as Daniel on, would man. say, signs to uh, Warner Brothers. <laughs> Freddie Gibbs. Freddie Gibbs signs to Warner Brothers. This is the news, not the Daily Show. Uh, this is this is some, re- some weird news, because after this, we got MGK confirms he is dating Megan Fox. Uh, congratulations to him. I had a crush on her for like a month after seeing the Dude, first Jennifer's Transformers. Body is an awesome movie, and uh, I dig the first Transformers. Yes, it's a pretty good one. Shout out to Shia LaBeouf, uh, also a rapper. You know, <laughs> he may be biting, but he's a rapper. Um, oh god, here it is. Here's the part. I was not looking forward to this. Okay, listen, I'm just gonna read it. J Cole releases "Snow on the Bluff," a record allegedly directed towards Chicago MC No Name. In response, question mark No Name releases the Madly produced song "33" directed towards J Cole. Okay, this is all I'm gonna say, folks. It seems that they're both about each other. Um, there are there are arguments to be had about you know the nature and, and tone and uh, timing of the records. Go out there and, and and look into it for yourself because we're just here to present the news. Um, there's there's righteous concern uh, out there that should be addressed when it comes to J Cole, um, and you know there's room to ask reasonable questions when it comes to no name so you know just go out there and look 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 into it look into it because uh listen you got to understand folks i had like a, a six hour group chat call about this i talked to my i talked to my brother about this you know like the conversations have been had this is not the show i mean it would it would be the show 
and we but, were doing but these you songs. want to know something just as in in the abstract i like that conversations are being had conversations are good I, and i came to, to that have. conclusion myself yeah i, I do like I, I i was i was thinking you don't have just to come away up. from a conversation or from a song or from a statement and agree wholeheartedly with it but the fact that it's uh creating a genuine conversation and bringing engagement to real issues that people have you know and opening up a dialogue and sometimes you know discussions aren't pretty sometimes they're you know difficult discussions have to be had so i don't know i think if anything uh in sort of uh through like a very far away lens, I can say that um, I'm, I, I hesitate calling these like disc records. They're or like not. They're not disc records. They're not disc. They shouldn't be looked at or speaked about as disc records, folks. You I, know, I do think it's a it's a definitely a good conversation piece, though. Either way, I'm seeing the conversations. I'm thankful that the I'm, I'm thankful that that she replied on wax. You know. Um, and I think well, that's that's, that's what's needed. That's what's needed because this is hip hop. I'm, I'm is... proud of. I'm really proud of hip hop. I was I was very like hysterical about how proud I was of hip hop earlier when she released the song because it's like this. No, I feel like no other genre is capable of this. Is capable no, this of having these so conversations in real time like this. This is very yep. is absolutely unique to hip hop, and I'm appreciative of that. And I'm actually seeing people ask questions which is what I would hope for other than the cultural gridlock I was seeing the night that J. Cole dropped the song. You know, people are, are, are wondering, like, you know, my brother came to me, he's like 20, and he was like, what's wrong with the J. Cole song? You know, we were able to have that conversation. And, and, and when he left, I was like, you know what? That's great. That's great. Because he's seeing on the timeline people angry and on the surface to him, he's like, well, what, what happened? I heard the song. What's the big deal? And, you know, people aren't aware of certain things like tone policing and, you know, other concepts. And it's like people are yelling at people for violating things that they weren't even aware of rather than just telling them that this exists. And this is why this. So, you know, whatever. The songs, I like both of the songs for the record. So go out there and listen to them. They're good songs. Uh, Yeah. Um, What else we got here? Oh, the Billboard. The Billboard charts. Billy Billy Boards. He's back. He's back. Uh. And he doesn't have any new news for us. It's still the same number one. Second week at number one on the a Billboard hip hop chart. Rockstar, the baby featuring Roddy Rich. That Roddy Rich, I'll tell you what, man. He might be uh he might be onto something. He might be someone to watch. Due to his Seems uh, like it. I mean he tweeted like he's like what is he like twenty one and already two Billboard yeah, he's number 21. one. Twenty one. He's got a featured song at number one and you know, the box had a lot fifteen weeks at number one. It's incredible. So shout out to him. And, yeah. uh, you know, I'll, I'm going to keep tabs on him. That's all I'll say. Yeah. What's yeah. that song he did with DJ Mustard from the uh, DJ Mustard album? But it's it also on this album? Uh Oh, uh, what's what's it called? It's like Biden? Stunting? Flexing? Something? Biden? No, not no, not Biden. You a bozo. Uh, no, it's, it's, I, I, I forgot. It's it's right. it's on it's on the perfect ten album by DJ Mustard, I believe. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, mm-hmm. I gave it a six plus. Well, you're um, you're a fucking piece of shit. <laughs> uh, all right, so uh, we got this is the last of these segments here. Uh, so we're either of us effing trip. Here's my prediction: next mm-hmm. week I will be back with the I was effing trip, and I'm gonna reevaluate a bunch of stuff. Really? 
you're not going to wait for the end of the season for that? Uh, no, I mean, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm correcting right. stuff in real time. Yeah, okay. Um, I was fucking tripping. What was, what were we doing last week? Riding dirty? No, I was definitely not fucking tripping. Yeah, definitely I'm not. gonna look. I'm gonna listen to Pinky Ring. I'm oh, gonna hold listen. on. Hit my music. My bad. Hit my music. Your music? Yeah. What music? Uh, my, my segment. Curran's back? Yeah. Is he back? Oh, yeah. For real? Are you just saying this, or is he actually? I swear to you, I just this is breaking news. It will be. It won't be breaking news by the time this episode airs. But this is super. This is super fresh right here. Hit my music. Uh, okay. Here you go. Jets. Doing a Jets. Doing a Jets drop now. Alright. Check it out. We back. Guess who's back? Back again. Curran's back. Tell a friend. Guess who's back? 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 It's Curran, Curran's back, it's Greg, he's back, he's back, it's Curran, and he's back. He's back, he's back, he's back, he's... Curran's back. He's back. Curran's back. Guys, I am happy to join you here again for another episode of Curran's Back. So, I've received some news. Now, I think Curran... For those of you who don't know, I'm referring to currency. Yeah. Seems like he has a new record called Swing the Weed, which will feature Wiz Khalifa and T.Y. But more importantly, Tonight, which um, it's June 18th, 2020. On June 19th, 2020, tonight at midnight. Currency and Fuse, who I think is probably the producer here, will be releasing a 10-track project, Spring Clean, which features Fendi P, Gunplay, Wiz Khalifa, and T.Y. This 10-track project will be sure to reinvigorate even the most jaded current stand. Thank you. (laughs) All right, well... It's been so long since we've done this segment. I don't remember if we play the song again or what. Uh, just play the next segment because uh, okay. I have another segment. Well, you there is no next segment. You canceled it. No, I right now I'm temporarily taking it over until for a probationary period. Oh, come period. on. Who gave you these executive powers? Through a probationary period, I talked to the people at Captivate, and they were telling me they want me doing the segment <laughs> for at least the remainder of the month. This is BS. This is BS. Hit my music. Oi, oi. It's the Drake Report with Mools. And right now we're going to get into some news about the OVO Six God himself. For your head top, it's happening. It's the Drake Report. Right here on Rap Rankings. Get ready for a big team. Daughters, wait. We'll say that. 
he's not he's not built for this yo he's not built for this he's a waste man just 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 talk your talk so basically it was revealed that um due to a group buy in a private discord a record from what most assume are from 2008 2009 ish it's drake and buster rhymes on a jay dilla beat and it's called um what do we have here you're making it real hard for me to not speak out right now it's it's not 0809 bruv it's it's like it's like the it's like the 10 or the 11 you know it's no like, definitely it's like not the TML 11. era no no i'm trying 2000- to tell you it's like tml I, I'm, I'm tapped in stay down it's called stay down of course um it's a classic no idea why, rhymes, why, it, why it never came out buster rhymes you know? has a, a great history with jay dilla and uh you know of course like with if, if Busta is going to give Drake the blessing to jump on a Dilla beat, then we're just going to say, okay. This is great to me. Yeah, this shit is great to me. Well, I heard this leak and I got to say, it's, uh, I mean, you know, you got to think about it in terms of the context of the era of when it was made. It's okay. Um, it would be better if, um, I don't know. It's not that good. Anyway, hit my music. <laughs> This is disgraceful. I can't believe they gave you this segment. It The song's a classic. You don't agree with that. You told me you didn't even like it. This has been The Drake Report with Moots and Moots. And everyone knows one thing is that envelopes come in better open. Because the Six God is coming to get you. You're driving this segment into the ground. It was it was a it was a sacred segment. You've you've done you've done things to this that are just blasphemous. I got the news out. You had a false report last time. Last time you did the segment, you lied to the public. This is untrue. Uh, okay, twenty six minutes, uh, maybe like twenty five with some edits. We finally get into this album. Yeah. All right. Well, here we are, folks. Uh. Heck yeah. It's what? Dr. Dre, <laughs> The Chronic, 1992. You're just so, a <laughs> Look, I'm trying to keep it family friendly. All right. The Chronic is the debut studio album by Compton hip hop producer and rapper Dr. Dre. It was released on December 15th, 1992 via Death Row Records and distributed by Interscope Records. Recording sessions for the album took place in June 1992 at Death Row Studios in Los Angeles and at Bernie Grunman Mastering in Hollywood. The album is named after a slang term for high-grade marijuana, and its cover is an homage to zigzag rolling papers. It was Dr. Dre's first solo album after he had departed from hip-hop group N.W.A. and its label Ruthless Records over a financial dispute. On the chronic, he included both subtle and direct insults at Ruthless and its owner, former NWA member Eazy-E. Three singles were released from the album. Nothing but a G thing. Uh, you want to say this next one? Uh, yeah, sure. Fuck with Dre Day. <laughs> and Let Me Ride. The album's three singles became top 10 Billboard singles. Nothing but a G thing peaked at number two on the Billboard Hot 100 and at number one on both the Hot Rap Singles and Hot R&B Singles charts. 
uh, you know, fun fact, I was looking something up uh, like some years back. You know, one of these charts used to be called Hot Black Singles. Oh, God. That's a, <laughs> I, can't, uh, I can't make this up. That sounds like an ad that would pop up on our exactly. very website. Exactly. You know, back back in my rap days, I was going to turn that into a song title and probably do some social commentary type stuff. Aren't you glad I didn't? Uh, anyway. The Chronic peaked at number three on the Billboard 200 and has been certified triple platinum by the Recording Industry Association of America with sales of three million copies in the United States, which led to Dr. Dre becoming one of the top 10 best-selling American performing artists of 1993. Uh, The Chronic spent eight months in the Billboard top 10. The album's lyrics caused some controversy as the subject matter included sexism and representations of violence. In 1994, Nothing But a G-Thang and Let Me Ride were nominated at the 36th Grammy Awards, with the latter winning Best Rap Solo Performance for Dr. Dre. The album launched the careers of West Coast hip-hop artists, including Snoop Doggy Dogg, Daz Dillinger, Corrupt Nate Dogg, and Warren G., all of whom pursued successful commercial careers. The Chronic is widely regarded as the album that redefined West Coast hip-hop, demonstrated gangster rap's commercial potential as a multi-platinum commodity, and established G-Funk as the most popular sound in hip-hop music for several years after its release, with Dr. Dre producing major albums that drew heavily on his production style. The album's success established Death Row Records as a dominant force in 1990s hip-hop. Dr. Dre's production has been noted for popularizing the G-Funk subgenre within gangster rap. The Chronic has been widely regarded as one of the most important and influential albums of the 1990s and regarded hey, <laughs> it slipped out and regarded by many fans and peers to be one of the most well-produced hip-hop albums of all time. The Chronic was included in Vibe Magazine's list of the 100 essential albums of the 20th century, and the magazine later included it in their list of the top 10 rap albums of all time, dubbing it a decade-defining opus. The record was ranked eighth in Spin Magazine's 90 Greatest Albums of the 90s, and in 2005, it was ranked at number 35 in their list of the 100 Greatest Albums from 1985 to 2005. It's a pretty arbitrary list. Uh, Rolling Stone ranked The Chronic at number 138 on their list of the 500 Greatest Albums of All Time. In 2005, MTV Networks listed The Chronic as the third greatest hip-hop album in history. The following year, Time Magazine named it as one of the all-time 100 albums in a retrospective issue. Oh, wait, wait, no, no, sorry. In a retrospective issue, XXL Magazine awarded The Chronic a perfect XXL rating. The source, who originally gave the album a rating of 4.5 out of 5 mics in 93, would later include it in their list of the 100 best rap albums. In 2008, the magazine's former editor, Reginald Dennis, remarked that he, quote, would have given it a 5 in retrospect, Oh, the he was fucking tripping. He was effing tripping. This is why it's we have this segment. That, you know? It's too bad that the magazines don't have uh, the ability to do that. Too bad. Um, the magazine's editors had a strict rule forbidding five mic ratings at the time. And that, quote, no one could have predicted the seismic shift that this album would produce. See, that's interesting because it's like, listen, if something is a 10 or on our show, it's like we're going to give it to it. You know, it doesn't matter if it's like too early in the show or it's too if we're not going to deprive it of a rating because it just doesn't feel right. You know, yeah. or it's like we got it. Right. That, that's that's nonsense. You know, so they were just not giving who, who knows how many albums were, were probably at really earned five mics to whoever was reviewing it. But they had this like edict that they couldn't give out five mics. You know, that's it, it, stupid. 
This dude sucks. Anyway, as of 2015, the album has sold 5.7 million copies in the United States and was certified triple platinum. But oh, we know this already by the RIAA on November 3rd, 93. It is Dr. Dre's second best-selling album as his follow-up album, 2001, which was released in 1999, correct? Uh, yeah, in 99. Yeah. Uh, we'll get into that when we do that album. Was certified sextuple platinum. What's that, like six? Um, quad is four. Yeah. Right? What's after what's, quad? What's, uh, yeah, uh, penta? Pen, pentuple? Yeah, that's pentuple. Penta, yeah, five, pentagram. Uh, six, sex, se- se- six. Sextuple is six. <laughs> yeah, okay. Why not sure. just call it sextuple? That's <laughs> yeah, close enough. You know, you might as well. But anyway, yeah, so, you know. I mean, listen, people who are listening to this are probably familiar with The Chronic. If they're not, uh, there's so much backstory, and you could probably read retrospective pieces and behind the scenes stuff. The Come on, man. Keep it low. Keep it low. We don't want to remind them of that. I already told them once. I was hoping they forgot. Uh, yeah, but look, there are probably documentaries out there. Go watch that Defiant Ones, that documentary with uh, Dr. Trey and Jimmy Iovine. They're probably like behind the scenes, like track by track, you know, retrospectives out there. You know, there's a lot of this was a landmark album. So, you know, we just wanted to give you the, the, the quick overview of, you know, what, what, it, what it was, what it accomplished. But there's a bunch out there about the chronic. We're here to review the music you know that's what we're here to do uh with that being said before we do that i i, I guess i guess i can't hide we have to discuss our familiarity with the album yeah uh, we, we owe that to the audience because we, we like to make sure they know where we're coming from you know uh yeah. biases so to speak perhaps uh, so to speak perhaps i'm just saying stuff out here uh yeah so so you you go first because i don't want them to hear from me right now well, I definitely heard this album after I heard 2001. That was my first. It wasn't my introduction to Dr. Dre because I knew Dr. Dre and Snoop Doggy Dog from MTV. But the first Dre album I heard was 2001. And then I heard The Chronic after it. So I want to say maybe I'm in eighth grade or ninth grade when I heard this album for the first time. And honestly, I haven't listened to this album that much. Okay. Of course, I know the big songs from it, but as an album, this isn't an album that I listen to all that much. Um, so I heard it for the first time when I was maybe 14 or 15 years old, 14 years old, maybe. And I thought it was okay. And. I've maybe went back two or three more times over the years to listen to it, but this isn't an album that I'm like overly familiar with. I'm more familiar with 2001 because that came out when I was already listening to rap and buying rap albums. Okay. So yeah, this is an album that uh, I had heard before, but not one that I knew very intimately. Okay. Uh, well, as as you know, there's no way to even begin to dabble in a hip hop space without being aware of this album within like your first year of dabbling. So with that said, I've I've known about the chronic my whole life, you know. I knew the singles, you know, I'd probably heard 
a good third of it just in passing, like, you know, throughout my life. Right. This was a big um, album for what it's worth. You know, this yeah, wasn't I mean, like they, last week's album, Ride and Dirty, which kind of achieved cult status over time. This was right. kind of major upon arrival. I mean, bro, they got you can probably buy a chronic shirt at Hot Topic right now. You know, like it's it is that word that people overuse. It's iconic. It is an iconic album, you know. So, of course, I was aware of it and I was aware of the music from it and aware of its impact, but I never actually sat down to listen to it. This or now, did you listen to 2001 nope. or you just no, haven't never, really never, delved? You just haven't delved yeah, into I Dre's never, catalog. Right. Never really dove into Dre's catalog. Um, shoot, well, I, I dove well, into what better, what better occasion than rap rankings, right? Well, yeah, there you go. You know? Exactly. So, you know, I finally heard this album. I've heard it a bunch of times now, you know. Um, Same here. I've listened to it four times this week. So, yeah, I mean, I'll say, too, it's like it never as as much as I did enjoy the singles, you know, because I think just about everyone does. um, I knew that it wasn't really my brand of hip hop in terms of like what I felt like I could get out of it. So, like that's kind of really the reason why for so many years I didn't think, Oh, you know, I'm gonna go listen to the chronic. Cause it's not that I wouldn't go and listen to stuff that I knew was impactful. I would, I would do it. But you know, when it came to the chronic, it's like, Oh, this is like, this is gangster rap. Like I listen to some of this, but like, I know what the sound is. Like, I'm cool. I'm cool with just the singles. Like I I don't need more of this, you know? So, and plus like, I feel like I probably would have got a, I probably would have got strung up by my toes if my dad would have heard me listening to the chronic at like 14. So yeah, you know, it is, it is what it is, folks. I mean, we're about to get into this thing, you know, it's, it's you ready. Cause, cause I'm ready. I got, I got these notes here. I, I, I'm, ready. I, I'm ready to hit them with that without further ado. You know, I, I, I go into everything with an open heart and an open mind and, those multiple listens, so everything is able to sink in. I've listened to this album in full probably as many times this week as I've heard it in full in my life, so I'm ready to talk about it. All right. Well, listen, uh, right after this break, we're going to get into Dr. Dre's The Chronic. The doctor's in, bro. He's in. He's, he's, we, we can't keep dodging this appointment. You know, oh, we rescheduled a bunch of times, but we got to get checked out. We I don't want to take around. the vaccine. <laughs> oh, man. Listen, Not yet. Well, I, I need to see what it does to people first. Oh, geez. Well, if you want to know what it does to people, just go to that. Uh, what track is on here with the doctor's appointment? Oh, yeah. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Get into it. Yeah, track 13, you know, but we got to work our way up there. Anyway, uh, let's start at the top. Naturally, uh, we got track one of The Chronic, uh, this The Chronic intro um, produced by Dr. Dre featuring Hold on, Snoop hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me let me take care of the production here because oh, okay. uh, there's a lot of hmm, what you would call uh, information that friend of the show, Dart Adams, would be very upset if uh, it wasn't brought up, I think. Okay. okay Especially ahead. because um, this man has discussed this album at length 
extensively. Uh, Colin Wolf. This is okay. produced by Dr. Dre and Colin Wolf, who plays the bass guitar on this. Nice. And we'll be hearing from Colin Wolf quite a bit as we go track by track. Because I'm gonna tell you right now, he'd be killing these bass lines. So, you know, shout out to him. Yeah, he's he's an integral part of a lot of these beats. So um, let's give full credit where credit is due. Produced by Dr. Dre and Colin Wolf. Okay. And featuring uh, uh, Snoop Doggy Dog. Yeah, I told him about that. He's on here. Um, so I'm going I'm to tell you like this, man. I give it a seven. Flat seven. I give it a seven minus. Okay. Okay. It's reasonable. You know, it's, it's, now, it's, it's, I think it's pretty clear why I'm giving it a seven minus. Well, because it's not a song. It's not a song, but there is music. Right. There's a there's a whole beat. We got a whole beat here, which is which is not always the case with intros and like interlude type of things. So it's a whole beat. And the reason why we get a seven here, you know, uh, on this intro is because this is what I mean by setting a tone. If you're going to do an intro and out the beat or the, the beat, the song, the intro itself, it matches what we're about to hear on the album perfectly. It feeds into the album. It's it's tonally consistent with the rest of the album. And you know, it bleeds got, right into track two. I mean, it, it kind exactly. of, uh, it tees up track two very well. You know, um, you always ask yourself, like, how necessary are these intros? Well, I guess you could say most of them aren't, but this does a great job of setting the table, setting the stage. I, we got, I'm actually going to stop you there, and I'm going to say, you can't just drop people into stuff sometimes. It's like, you kind of have to... I mean, well, think about like, the context. Like, uh, he had left Ruthless Records... You, know, you got to kind of lubricate their ears a little bit before you, uh, oh, 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 you know, oh, you penetrate. Hey, this man talking about lubricant. We're not doing no Vaseline, bro. This this is the chronic, man. Come on, keep it together. Um, but yeah, he's coming off of splitting with Easy E. You know, he's he's left Ruthless Records. There's no more NWA. So right, he's beefing with Ice Cube. Yeah, you know, so it's like, we got to do what we got to do. And so he brings in this, I guess you would say, a new voice at the time in Snoop Dogg, right? Yeah. Uh, what an introduction. This man is talking crap. He lays it all out. He says, you know, niggas with attitudes. Nah, well, niggas on a motherfucking mission. So right there, it's like, no, this is the new era. The attitude era is over. And, I, and I'll, elaborate, I'll elaborate on the next track, but it's over. The, 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 the NWA era is over. You know, he's talking about Death Row. I got to say, listen to this, knowing where Death Row would eventually end up and who it would recruit on its roster going forward. This is kind of scary because <laughs> I'm just like, you know, do they like, does Dre, do Dre and Snoop know what would eventually like how out of hand this is going to get? You know, probably not. Um we got some funny terminology here. It's Snoop like, also being on here, like you'd think because like you don't hear Dre's the first voice on the album, that might be a problem. But Snoop is such an integral part of this album. He's on many tracks. Yeah. I'm sure he wrote many verses. I would <laughs> call him the Jesse Fairfax of the Chronic. Wow. Wow. Uh, for those of you who don't know, Jesse Fairfax, a.k.a. From Old Harlem, a.k.a. From Old, he's a frequent guest of the show. We can't wait to have him back. 
But uh, I'm, 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 I'm wonder what next, he thinks. I booked him for the next four seasons. <laughs> he's already <laughs> he's already booked for the next four seasons. He's the guy on the couch here. Look, you could call me Frankie Valley because I just booked Jesse for the next four seasons. Oh God. Um. Yeah, it's it's uh. I wonder what he think about the comparison, you know. But yeah, Snoop, he's on here. It's quite the coronation, man. I mean, he's talking that he's talking that talk, man. He's, he's talking that. Fucking, he's popping. He's popping. He's popping he's his talking mouth. Talking that fucking talk. Talk that shit. The rah rah, you know. And it's like, yo, who's this new character? You know, like who's joined the the fray? Joined the battle here. He's got some funny lines. He's talking about what's up, niggas and niggats, you know. And I gotta say, uh, I cracked up. Uh, he, he did this voice that reminds me of a voice I do when I get hysterical. He was like, "I don't love E.G. I don't love Jerry. I don't love Rufus Records." <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I love it. I love it. You know, it's it's amazing. You know, um, and so like Dre, as he does on, on a lot of the rest of the album, like towards the end, you know, Snoop stops talking. He scratches in like this, I don't love you no more sample, like, you know, of course, directed towards Easy and Ruthless Records and, you know, all those people. And I'm guessing he's referring to Jerry Heller mm-hmm. at the end when he says, uh, yeah, nigga, use a real penguin looking motherfucker. <laughs> I just love how it ends on that note. It's the funniest way to end the intro <laughs> to... What is basically considered the West Coast Illmatic? Yeah, you know, I mean, listen, it's an effective intro. It it matches a lot of the tone of the rest of the album. It, it gets you to sit up in your chair, like, yo, what's coming? It's 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 in your face, and it eases you into the album nicely. It doesn't just drop you into fuck with Dre Day. I mean, right? It it kind of you know like. I don't know. Sometimes you don't just want to like launch people into everything immediately. You want to kind of set the tone and then go into things. And yeah, you know, I mean, I do think it's necessary to kind of have, especially this is Dre's first solo album. So this isn't like, you know, we're not like accustomed to this experience yet. Right. Shit. He only has three solo albums. How accustomed can we be to this experience? (laughs) Yeah, man. I mean, yeah, seven minus it's not a rap record. It's an intro, but there is like a legit beat behind it. And the beat is good. The beat has that G-Funk flavor that we'll hear throughout this album. I give it a 7 minus. Pretty good intro. I feel I like it. I was flirting with a 7 minus, and then I just ended up giving it a flat 7 because I'm like, it really helps that there's a, a full-fledged beat here. And, and Snoop, he's just like, there's there's no wavering in his voice as he's talking this mess, bro. Like, it's 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 real. Like, you can feel it's real. It is what it is, you know? It was great. Like, Snoop Dogg is Snoop, like, fully formed as Snoop Dogg. Sometimes you witness rappers evolve their skill sets, mature their voice and everything over the years. Like Snoop already sounds fully formed on yeah. this intro yeah. on this album. So anywho, uh, seven yeah. minus, here we go. The chronic seven minus well, seven. I mean, that, that throws here, you know, Suge nice like, in the picture. It looks now. like we're, uh, looks like we're, uh, we're smoking this thing, huh? We're smoking the chronic, you know? Um, so what do you say we, we, we get to the music now? Um, well, yeah. Um, I just want to say one thing here. We'll say it. Go ahead. Colin Wolf, who, as I said earlier, did the bass guitar on this song. He said when the album was done, Dre said he needed an intro. 
And I was like, cool, I got it. That became the chronic intro. I just came in with something because I knew what mood we were going for. Dre programmed the drums and I played all the instruments on the track. I'd say it's a good move that they finish the music first. You know, I I know then you know how to introduce albums. Yeah, right. That's how you would best know how to how to introduce it. Exactly. Um, Yeah, but (laughs) listen, man, (laughs) we got to do this track, too. You know, we got to do this track, too. All right. Well, uh, we got it here. This track two, fuck with Dre Day, parentheses, and everybody's celebrating. <laughs> yeah, it's featuring Snoop Doggy Dog, RBX, and Jewel. And Santana? Produced, no, Ju- just Jewel. Oh, okay. And it's produced by Dr. Dre and Colin Wolf, who's on the Rhodes, the guitar, and the strings on this one. Nice. Uh, folks, moves. I'm giving this an eight plus. Wow. I'm giving this a flat eight. Oh, oh, that's it. It's the same rating that you gave it. It is the same rating. You you can't give it a strong eight. You can't give it the plus. I just, no, I'm fine with the fact that it's an eight. Unlike unlike you who puts the plus on it to try to make it seem... Listen, if you think it's a nine, then just say it's a nine. I think it's an eight. I think it's an eight plus. It's teetering their their elements. Listen, it's it's a little too. I'm not invest. I'm not a part of this beef. So, at the end so of the I day, think I would need to be a part of this beef to, to of love the day, this. The numbers are going to crunch the same. So, what do you care what I got yeah. next to it? Well, listen, it's, it ain't about the podcast. I care about rap. Okay, you know we, we got to make sure you're showing the proper respect to to this song. Okay, you just heard this shit. <laughs> you spent years in the slums listening to 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 God knows what freaking the boy with the purple backpack or whatever the hell that shit is. I don't called. listen to no XV, no diss. I just I, I ain't listening to him. He wasn't one of my chosen blog era rappers, you know. Well, there's but, no honor in the ones you chose. Okay, listen, I fuck with Dre. I can't deny this. I fuck with Dre Day, and you know what? It's true. Everyone's celebrating Mools and Mel because when it comes yeah, down, we to both it, gave it. We both gave it board, eight. We gave it. I gave it an eight. He gave it an eight plus. It goes down as an eight regardless. That plus is a, I, I call it a posturing plus. Oh, dang. I, I, you know what? I ain't got to. No, 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 you're wrong. You're just wrong. Shut the fuck up and be wrong. I hope they okay. sue us. Joe Budden podcast. <laughs> you're using way too many of his clips. <laughs> well, he's a, he's a clippable man. What can I say? He could go uh, clip himself. Listen, this song, it's the line in the sand, bro. Like oh, it's just there's no sure. going back after this. Like the it's it's you first of all, you got this this real stanky, funky bass line. Shout out to Colin. You got this uh Yeah, this is this, like, like this this is like <laughs> this shit is great. <laughs> oh man, you got that. You got that. That was it. So I was reading about that. That Moog is that. Is that yeah, part of that, that classic? That classic West Coast Dre. Really, just it's it's a trademark. He trademarked this thing. It's it's just like this is this is part of his sound. 
You got this sustained synth, this moog going going throughout. I struggle to remember the melody at this moment in time. You know, you gotta get. I just heard this oh, out. This is. <laughs> Yeah, well, yeah, we're we're here. We got this. So, so we got this West Coast sound. It's it already sad. feels like you know the first beat you hear, um, quintessential G funk sound. Really, yeah, it's good stuff, man. And and I'll tell you what I told you in the intro. They made it clear that the Attitude Era is over. So you know what that means, folks. This song establishes that it is now the era, and this is the sound of ruthless aggression. Literally, it's aggression towards ruthless records. You know? Wow. You feel me? Look, they, they, he says Yo, he says in the song, we have your record company surrounded. Tingling right now. You feel me? This wow. this is what's happening here. Wow. This is the sound of I got, it. You know, listen, this is I got chills. I got chills. <laughs> word to Cena, word to Kurt. Okay, I got chills. Word <laughs> yeah, to Vince. Man. Word to Vince McMahon. This is, he would he would love this song, bro. Oh, this is man. this is something Listen, he would play is, when he was going toe to toe with Ted Turner and WCW. All right, absolutely. This is, this is I mean, here's the thing though on this record, Easy E's getting shots, Tim Dog's getting shots, <laughs> Luke Skywalker's getting shots, and we got some subliminals towards Ice Cube as well. I mean, anybody can get it now. This is listen. This is. Uh, as you said, that that old shit, that the NWA, Ruthless Records, Jerry Heller, all that shit, gone. Listen, this I is mean, a declaration of war. This is a classic rap. This is like a one of the classic rap disc records, in my opinion. Listen, you, you know how much I like that boy from Canada. You know how much I like back to back. This makes back to back without mentioning this dude. I'm just it's saying this. This I have to admit. This makes back to back look like a, a ice cream well, truck lollipop. Back to back. Okay. I'm just saying. I'm that. trying to for for the younger listeners who may not know. I'm trying to give them you know a, a, a nice like a scale to to, to measure this thing on. Back this to makes back to back look like ice cream melting in the summer sun. Okay. This Dr. Dre starts this now. Dad, forget it. it's it's a rap review. Dad, you know I got I got to read. I got to you know so, Mr. Buster. Where the fuck you at? Can't scrap a lick, so I know you got your gat. Your dick on hard from fucking your road dogs. The hoods you threw up with, niggas you grew up with, don't even don't respect, respect your ass. ass. That's why it's time for the doctor to check, check your, ass, your ass, nigga. You know? Used, used to be, be my homie, homie. used to be used my to be ace. My now ace. I want to slap the taste, the taste out, out your, mouth. your mouth. You know? So it's like, bro, I mean, <laughs> no punches pulled here. This is not a nice song. And, you know, I must acknowledge, listen, it's 92. There's a lot of, you're going to get a lot of this homophobia, a lot of this, uh, what, do you, what do you call it? You might see the fragile masculinity, you know, you might get a little of that, but you, listen, it's rap music, bro. This is rap music. This is how it was back then. You know, you're going to get this on this album. Just fair warning, you know. I, I, I'm not condoning it, you know. No, but, but, but listen, at the same time, is, you know, maybe this album's not for you if that kind of language bothers you. I'll say that. You know, Snoop Dogg says something about somebody's mama on here. It has to do with San Francisco. I'm not going to lie to you folks. I chuckled, you know, doesn't mean I condone it. You know, I'm just saying. Uh, it was how, about, there. how about Jewel at the end? Also, uh, 
Oh you yeah, know, just laying down the death the row is in the, his house. She's like she's I mean, singing all this. Because here's the thing: it's definitely like aggressive and mean, but it's musical. But it's musical, and that's like it does feel good. Yeah, it's it feels feel good. good music, even though he's like you know fuck you basically. Yeah, going at it's an extended at middle finger who are coming for him, you know. But the music still kind of feels good. Yeah. You know? And so let me in, tell in you. In the sense of you want to talk about back-to-back since you can't keep that man's name out your mouth. Back-to-back uh, back was like a club record that also was a disc record. And right. that's why it worked. So, exactly. you know, this isn't what I would call Well, I would a, say this is in the same vein because the record rides. Like, musically. Well, yeah, it, but it, this is, this is like, a I mean, this was a hit record, though. I mean, this wasn't... Yeah. This wasn't just like a diss that was on it an album. It stings more was, because it's yeah. a hit record, but it's very blunt. <laughs> you know, it's like, folks, imagine like if Hit 'em Up was a hit record. You know, it's like that's kind of what was happening here. You know, it's just like not only are people dancing to this, you're getting slaughtered here. You're getting eviscerated on this record. You know, um, Snoop's Howard in one eight seven with his uh with his appendage in your mouth, you know, like what are you gonna? <laughs> you gotta feel bad hearing this on the radio. Uh, speaking of Snoop, so like he's 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 getting introduced to us on this album, and he's just like, and I talk about this later. I'm gonna have to talk about the whole album. Snoop is just like the perfect representation of a rapper. He he rides the beat like no other. Like his flow, impeccable. Dude, it's, He's it's always funny. in the pocket. He has a great people, voice. Snoop it's like a top syrup. Five dead or alive rapper, and they always look at me crazy. And here's the thing Snoop Dogg might not have a perfect discography. You know, say what you want about the decisions he's made throughout the years, career wise, but nobody sounds more natural <laughs> rapping than Snoop Dogg to me. Like he's what I've always referred to as a flowing ass dude. He's just (laughs) naturally in the pocket. He sounds great. He has a great delivery, great rap voice. He can freestyle off the top of his head for hours. And his raps, while they may not be, you know, the most complex or lyrical or whatever, you know, anyone when we're discussing top five, people want to bring in all these things. To me, no one sounds more natural and has continued to this day. 2020, 18 years after this album was, re- oh no, I'm sorry, 28 years after this album was released. Snoop has been rapping now for almost 30 years, and he still sounds so comfortable on a beat. Yeah. Unlike anyone else. It's, it's, it's amazing. <laughs> and, and before, I mean, I mean, I'll have to say it throughout this album, I think he carries this album. Uh, yeah, I would agree with that. I think just as far as a coming out party goes, as a rapper, you you can only dream of having one as as great as this. You know, like this is you you want to come out the gate with this kind of impact. You know, so I'll say this. Um, speaking of Snoop. We got a on this entire album, but on here we got a lot of samples in, within one song. Um, mm-hmm. What's interesting is as I was, you know, of course, researching, reading, doing, doing, you know, back background checks on the album in uh, the Defiant Ones documentary. You know, this album was done for a while, but they were having problems 
putting it out because of lawsuits. You know, I had to actually have to because when we when we get Chris on the show later for this uh, was it track seven, we talk mm-hmm. about you know how the the restrictions were a little looser. Well, not not too loose because this thing almost didn't come out because of the plethora of samples. You know, and it's like basically what happened was um, Dre had pitched this thing to Jimmy and in Interscope, and they heard it and they were blown away. And Jimmy was like, yo, give me a few days. Like, go with me. Just give me a few days. I'll clear all this up. And he did. He got this whole thing cleaned up and got it put out. You know? So that should tell you how, you know, the the magnitude of, of, of what was being presented in that moment. And what's interesting, I have to talk, you know, as the guy on the show who's always talking about mixes, right? Mm-hmm. This is so clean. Even now. Yeah. It's very clean mix. I mean, you can hear everything. Uh, you kids that love Sonics, check out this daggone The Chronic, okay? Because Dre was a wizard on the boards back in 92. I mean, the, the cleanliness with the uh, the mere amount of elements that are happening. I mean, um, to get back to my point I was really going to make, you know, we got a sample of Atomic Dog on here, which is genius because, like, you know, it's 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 come, it's going throughout the verse right before Snoop starts rapping. You hear dog, you know, yeah. <laughs> and it's great. And then he comes in. I'm like, get up at that. Those dog? are those, those are those really inspired that flourishes that make the beats on this album more than even as we continue on throughout the pantheon of hip hop. We've seen how influential this album was. You might think going back on this album that you know you've heard G Funk in so many different permeations at this point that this won't sound fresh, but we talk about this with Chris at the time, because of the fact that you're using so many samples, you know, it allows you to bring a really different feel to the music and create an actual composition that, you know, is more than just like a loop, for instance, which there's nothing wrong with the loop, but right. You know, this, um, for on a production and arrangement standpoint, uh sample wise like um there's very few who i'm not going to say no one but there's very few who are on dre's level at this time so i i think uniformly for the most part i think there's maybe one beat on here on this whole album that i don't love but for the Mm -hmm. most part this album feels um like really there's a lot of detail in it in the production, yeah. in the choices of how to employ the samples. Um, Colin Wolf talked about this track in particular, and he said with Dre Day, I was thinking P-Funk when I came up with that bass line. That's exactly what I was going for. Once that comes in, and you can hear the other stuff around it. I think Daz did something with the melody line. I added the guitar, Rhodes, and strings to the record. But this was a hit record, guys. Yeah. I mean, this song peaked at number six on the uh, hot R&B and hip hop songs chart. So, yeah, I mean, it number eight I, on I the wish Billboard Hot 100. This was a top ten Billboard hit. Yeah, I wish I could have been in that boardroom because, like, they, it must have sounded like a revelation. I mean, Jimmy Iovine was shocked because he was like, he asked Dre, like, who 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 mixed this for you, like, who engineered it for you, and Dre was confused because he was like, me. You know, and Jimmy was like, you, you, so you produced this and you mixed it? Because that's how clean and like futuristic it sounded. And he said, and I quote, he was like, I knew like this was the future of the sound of Interscope. 
is what Jimmy said. Like this, this guy is is a genius, you know. And I mean, was he wrong? I mean, this man would end up ushering in Eminem, Fifty Cent. You know, he made two thousand one. It's like clearly this was the beginning of something yeah, truly listen, special. He's introducing Snoop Dogg on this album, who yeah, twenty eight years later is still a cultural force. Right, <laughs> exactly. He's Uncle Snoop now. You know, back then he was just the skinny kid from Long Beach. You know, who couldn't look in the camera during the the, uh, the music video. You know, but but now look at him. You know, he's he's been Snoop. He's been Snoop Lion. You know, come well, on. He has a record that's ill-advised career uh, decisions. No, you know, he was probably smoking that chronic. You know, he came back to earth eventually. But you know, uh, anyway, Snoop. Funny thing Snoop says on here. He says, Dr. Dre dropping Chronic once again. And I'm like, this is the first time he's ever dropped Chronic, Snoop. You know? But, you know, I'm not going to be dense here. Of course, he's just saying Dre is capable. He has the capacity for this. Dropping that dope stuff all the time. You know, you know what it is. Um, The song ends with uh, him telling various parties to eat a a big fat uh, penis. So, uh, you know, if you're into that... Well, that's not what he said, but you know, that's what he that that is what he said, but it's not what he said. Listen, like I said, folks, this is an aggressive album. You know, and I'm not a particularly aggressive person, but when you're in when you need to be in that mood, this is what you should be looking for. You know, eight plus. I like this thing a lot. I, I would probably love it. It's I love it, I like it that much musically that it's that it's this high up. I'd probably love it if I had a personal beef with Easy E or, or those parties. <laughs> But like, you know, you can in- insert whoever you're beefing with in your own personal life. And, and this record should click for you. You know, um, when you get to that moment where you have to draw the line in the sand, throw this on, man. I'm not and a every- big like I, I like listening to disc records in the moment, usually, and deciding right. like who's winning, basically. But uh-huh. I'm, I, I'm not one to really like go back and like, I don't. I don't like go back and I'm like, yeah, let's, you know what? I'm going to listen to ether today. Like, unless I'm listening to Stillmatic, I'm not particularly moved to hear ether, but I think like this record, part of the strength of this record is that despite the fact that it's a specific situation that's being described, uh, specific people are being targeted. This is an issue from long ago. Many parties involved are now dead, but mm-hmm. Um, I, I think the record will still live on regardless. It's just a good record. Yeah. So, even Listen, though it's an eight, folks, we both yeah, like it a I'm, lot. I give it a straight eight, even though it's just like a, you know, a disc record. I think it also is a, quite quite the statement to really start the album off with this song. Yeah, yeah, you know. So, it's Dre Day officially, and trust me, everybody's celebrating. Even oh, we're still smoking metal. the chronic. It looks like still smoking it. Still smoking it. It's hitting good. I say we uh we move on. We move on to track three. Let me ride. Um, yeah, let me ride. Featuring Snoop Doggy Dog, Ruben, and Jewel, and produced by Dr. Dre. Is is Ruben the same as RBX? Uh, is no. that? Oh, then then what do well, RBX is on here? Oh, is he? Yeah, he's on here. He's a, he was this man. I'm the one who just heard the album, but I know everybody who's on it. I, I mean, listen, I just heard it four times. 
Wait, hold oh, on. Oh, and I speaking of which, I was wrong. You were right. Last week when we did Ride and Dirty, it is Bun B that uh, says the line about some of my sweets be uh, some of my sweets be tight. Some of my sweets. Well, be I'm sorry. Up. I'm also wrong because I was looking at that Wikipedia, and no, he was not on the song. He he helped write the song. It's one of the songs. Just get out. Just get out of there. All right, get out of there, please. <laughs> I said I'd take care of it. Motherfucker. Right. Stupid Me idiot. <laughs> I'm not letting you ride. You can get, you can get out and walk. Uh, seven plus, bro. Eight plus for me. Oh, 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 oh. What? Okay, so you give this one an eight plus. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. You I give it the what? same rating as I gave the last song. Okay. It's okay to be wrong. It's okay to be wrong. I eight, gave it an eight, eight plus. plus. My, it's my second favorite song on the album. Okay. Well, here's what's funny. I was talking to my dad when I told him we were going to do this album. I thought this was going to be my favorite song, but as I kept listening, I realized I had other songs that were that were favorites. This is uh, yeah. I give it a seven plus. Uh, you give it an eight plus. I'm not. I'm not truly mad at that. Um, I think you're just trying to manufacture manufacture controversy because you were telling me last week we don't have that many arguments. <laughs> this I was never, about, so you're going to give the last song an eight and this song an eight plus. i'm sounding like the group chat right now you know uh no no i'm not trying this is my second favorite song on the album this is a lot more laid back nighttime you know riding around vibe you know the classic vibe Uh, you know you ever vibe out to let me ride occasionally i've been known to do to do so this is the chronic man let me ride Ooh, listen, don't don't get me wrong though. Man, that shit was banging, man. It's gonna sell. It's gonna sell. It did. It not only did it sell, it won a Grammy. So let me ride. We got this. Listen, so so my first note here, I'm like, you got that West Coast whistling synth. You know, it's like, oh, dude, the synth you know? on this one is like where that plus comes from. It's like, it's just like. <laughs> you know what's you know what's great i can tell you folks like it's not just a stereotype like this thing really took over when i moved to southern california in 05 from i was living from 05 to really 2014 and i remember like going to high school and like at least once a week you just hear it in the air i can't make this up it hits it hits different i'm telling you like since i moved out here i've been living in la since 2015 Uh so when I was in New York, I didn't have as much of an appreciation for this stuff as I do now because my settings and surroundings have changed. So, right, it just, it's it's the know, sound of of Southern California, bro. Like it just, yeah, it, it just makes sense. You know, it's like listening to Mob Deep back in Queens. It just makes sense to me. So, Word. um, yeah, the synth, and then of course, you know, uh. Well, I'll say that Colin the, Wolf on the, the boom, 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 that nice little bass line on here. Yeah. Right, right underneath mm-hmm. that synth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's in there. Uh, I'll say I, I found out the beat and the chorus are based around a sample from the 1976 parliament hit mothership connection parentheses star child. Um, so what we're hearing that, let me ride. You know, so so it's like real, 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 real. Uh, you know, listen, we were pulling from the seventies here. You know, which was, I think, an era 
that you know of course you hear it's like it's it's the, the peace and love era you know so like it's interesting how we can repurpose that on these like violent records and and yet that's why we feel like just cruising around and rolling in my six phone you know like it's it's that's oh, that's and, where and the yeah, speaking of the rideability uh, comes from i think like these samples and these melodies you know you know that um, bow, bow, bow. yo bow, 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 bow. yeah like right before the, the before the the hook drops in my six four burnout burn burn yeah that burnout burn burn was also used on mood music part two can it get any worse which is now available on our patreon patreon.com slash rap rankings it's the june <laughs> mixtape review look at this man it is the june mixtape review and it's available now for all patrons. And you know what? I'm going to say it now. We're going to say it a couple more times. We'll say it on every show until uh, the end of the season. But we have a huge announcement. We do? We do. Oh, uh, no. right, right. Play right. some kind of like... Uh, Man, thing. what I look like? The jukebox? You think I just got stuff I can just be playing, pulling up? What are you talking about? Hey, you're Paul Schaefer. Who? Look, I don't even want to drag in the the, the, the Snoop Dogg who soundbite. You just want me to play some music? I, I mean, just play stock. something. Play a drop. Just play a drop. Oh, anyway. no, 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 no. So you got me. I'm already on YouTube. Stock stock music. Okay. Let's see. Uh, here we go. Oh, it's an ad. Oh, no. Hold on a second. Hold on, folks. We don't do Okay, here we go. Okay. <laughs> Emotional, sad piano music. I got this. Is what we got here. We have a huge announcement right here on Rap Rankings. My God. For months, patrons have asked, are we getting anything else for our $5 a month? <laughs> we here at Rap Rankings are happy to say yes. Every season on Rap Rankings, we will deliver an exclusive mainline episode for patrons only. That's right. It will be a mainline episode that counts towards the board. And it will be exclusively on Patreon once a season, four times a year. And only our patrons will be able to hear it. So sign up right now at patreon.com slash rap rankings. Oh, it's true. It's true magic. My God. <laughs> Completely incongruent music. You got to love it. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, this is true. Uh, uh, you know, so in addition to the monthly mixtape and the quarterly state of the rankings show we'll be doing, we will also be adding a quarterly bonus review for each season. So being that we're in season one right now, sometime within the next six weeks, we'll be posting an episode exclusively on Patreon and we'll be plugging it on here. So stay tuned, keep listening, and uh, we'll reveal soon what that episode is and when you can get it. No, listen, man, stop trying to get their money. You got to let me ride. All right, listen, we, I got to talk about something. I gave something. you let me ride an eight plus. <laughs> I gave it a seven plus. Um, here's, here's what's interesting. He starts verse two. He says, just another motherfucking day for Dre. So I'll begin like this. 
No medallions, dreadlocks, or black fists. It's just that gangster glare with gangster raps. Funny thing is, I think this is one of the least aggressive records on here. Not that it's devoid of violence. Verse one has like hollow tips and bodies being found and gaudy references. And yeah, but the feel of this is one of the most laid back records on exactly. here for sure. You know, so I thought that was interesting. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it makes you want to get in a car and ride around. It does. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, listen, he's a uh, verse three. So check this out. The sun went down when I hit Slauson. Shout out to Briar David Johnson. If you're listening, a.k.a. the scholar, you you know, uh, he's the king of Slauson. I got to shout him out. Uh, he's the king of Slauson. He doesn't even like the Popeyes there. He's out of his mind. <laughs> Briar David Johnson, king of Slauson, has a message for the Popeyes on Slauson. Oh, you, you he know said what? You he know what? says that y'all sweet tea tastes like black and milds. <laughs> so. <laughs> Listen, I actually we 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 had a we had a meeting this week, and I actually fuck Popeyes. So uh, yeah, I, I don't know. They they don't mess up this sandwich. Anymore. They just been listen. I've given them months. No, listen, they you know? and, and because of this damn sandwich, they've let everything else fall by the wayside. I I cannot stand by anymore and not say anything. Yeah, it's it's they they they're they're this, miserable. This let me ride review is is full of bullshit and full of full of full of asides and 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 uh and, and speaking, of dreadlocks, speaking of dreadlocks uh, uh, tangents is, tangents yes, and speaking of dreadlocks this is the last week to enter our contest we're just getting everything in on this let me ride huh yeah this is the last <laughs> time because he's got to let me ride gotta let me ride there's a giveaway going on on the twitter you know if you want one of them little wayne funko pops follow us and retweet because because if you like dreadlocks, the Dre says no dreadlocks. Well, we got him on the rap rankings Twitter. Um, mm-hmm. It's like 2008 era Little Wayne. It's a Funko Pop. You know, it's from like the Carter Three. It's promo Carter Three. You've, you've seen the outfit before, most likely. It's like red uh, hat, red vest. Yeah, you know, it's it's cool. Uh, I wouldn't yeah. put it up for a giveaway that we have to use our own money on if I didn't think it was cool. So enter. Right. Follow Rap Rankings on Twitter. Retweet the post to enter. We'll be announcing the winner, the winner very, very soon. soon. You know. Enter now to win. You know, so, yeah. This uh, is listen, like, listen, this, 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 this review, the, like, did not have ad block ride, on bro, at all. It. This shit, this review, <laughs> the pop-ups are, I didn't even know pop-ups were still a thing. <laughs> You're going to need ad block for this one. Uh Look, you you let me ride. Money, we tell we about the let me ride. Money. Dre would approve. Dre would be like, Oh yeah! Listen, by the he's way, the beats man. He's I the got beats some man. headphones. <laughs> yeah, you like the mixing a, on my album. Let me get a guest spot. How much for an ad spot on rap rankings? I got a, a brand new model. Talking the, to the my Mules diary. and Mel beats. Talking to my diary. Talking to my diary. <laughs> Let's not do that to him. Um, I have, speaking of, I have a very funny story when we get to the very the very end of this review. Not very funny. It was funny. Amusing enough. Anyway, let me ride. I got to say that James Brown sample was on here. We got that funky drummer. Oh, and you know what? While we're here, just getting into a bunch of asides. Oh, come sure on, man. There are going to be some people who are going to be sitting back listening to this and going, are you seriously not going to mention what Dr. Dre did to D. Barnes? I didn't know we were going to talk about that. but And but, hey. what I was going to say was, no, we will be discussing that 
in our review of Eminem Slim Shady LP. Thank you. Oh, okay. Right. Nice. That that would be appropriate to do it then. But uh yeah, listen, we never shy away from from the truth, but we have to make sure it's in the context of whatever we're talking about. Says right, the two so guys who just went on like five asides. All asides aside, now that we've decided our asides, we can return to let me ride. Well, I mean, the the funny thing is I think I said just about all I was going to say about it. You know, well, all it's one I of the least aggressive is, records. Um, it's uh, it's awesome. Let me ride. I'm well. I'm still smoking the chronic. How about you? Well, me too. Um, now let me tell you. Uh, I guess we should we should move on to uh, track four. All right, I'm listen. I got this. Title. Oh no 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 no. You got no. This. You don't got this. You, you do not this. got this. Trust me. You, you got this. You, I, I'll take, I got this. I'll take care of the production credits. Nice. Okay. Well, track four. The day the oh, man. niggas I took over. I should have looked. I should have looked at what the next track was before I said I got this. Yeah, yeah. You, you should have. Um, yeah, it is the day the niggas took over. Um, let me see who's featured on this thing. You know, it's it's a lot of uh, a lot of n words that took over on this. We got we got uh, of course Dr. Dre. You got Snoop, Daz Dillinger, and RBX. Um, yeah. You said you're going to handle the production. Well, we know Dr. Dre produced everything, but there were also other other uh, players here. Yes, uh, he produced this song uh, from a drum programming and arrangement standpoint. But Matthew McDaniel's actually contributed the live LA. All right, all right, all right. All right. No, it's Matthew, Matthew McConaughey. McConaughey. Yes, yeah, you said right. No, Matthew McDaniel's. Oh, okay. My bad. Okay. Anyway. Uh, I give the song a seven. Oh, me too. Flat seven. Now, did you feel at all pressure to give this thing a seven? No, I didn't. But I will say this in light of everything that's gone on literally like blocks from me, I live pretty much, uh, right outside of Koreatown in mid city, which is also right outside of downtown LA. So I would say the song certainly feels more relevant than it had, you know, in years due to the riots that have gone on here. However, I don't think that that had any bearing on my rating necessarily because I rate music. Mm -hmm. And here's what I think of this one. Now, there's one thing that I will say about it. I think Dr. Dre actually has the worst verse on this song. Well, he's, he's not a rapper. You got to cut him a break. I think Snoop sounds great on here. So maybe uh, I should actually listen to Snoop Lion before I give him shit about it. Yeah, you should. Uh, the patois on here actually works for me. I get Then like, wonder why me violent. Them no really understand. For the reason why me take me law in me own hand. There you go. I, I do yeah. think that this is a um, a record, obviously, that like feels more significant now than it did before. But I just like the record. Well, I mean, it, it was significant like a, then because this was still happening in 92 well, and now yes, it's re-significant. Right, well, this was right on the heels of the Rodney King situation, the LA riots in 1992. So it was very relevant when it came out. 
Yeah, and but, unfortunately, we happen to listen to this as a similar situation was going on right, in modern and, and completely, America in 2020. Uh, completely so, unplanned, by the way. You know, this yeah. was on the docket to be reviewed months ago. But yeah, this um, this song almost has like kind of a Cypress Hill feel to it and a little bit, I feel like a little bit of like KRS-One. Is this the song? I know they did sample Cypress Hill somewhere on the album. I can't remember if it's this song. Oh, it would make sense if it, it was. I mean, it definitely has like a Cypress Hills sort of feel to it. Yeah, no, it doesn't um, appear it was this song, but they did and sample themselves. You know, obviously like a little bit of this like dance hall reggae vibe as well. Um I think what Listen, makes I... this song work for me as more than just you know, something that sounds somewhat like Cypress Hill adjacent is the the actual sound design of that LA riots footage that's worked into the music and into the arrangement it makes it feel very cinematic um is, is there was is was there more no okay well uh but hold up let a real nigga talk I'm, for a minute Listen, I, how how I'm, how I'm gonna sit up here and let this this white guy talk about the day the niggas took over? I should slap the taste out your mouth, okay? Because <laughs> it's it's I have to talk about this. All right, talk about so it. let's hear. So it. here's talk the here's the thing. It. This is of course absolutely timely, and just like the song in the Joe Budden Mood Music Two review, when Snoop comes in, and he's like, "How many niggas are ready to loot?" I had to roll my windows up. <laughs> Okay, so I pretty much sweat the entirety of listening to this song out in public. Now, my AC doesn't work, so I usually have to listen, you know, I have the windows down. I just had to sweat it out this time because I didn't want to scare no white folks and get rolled up on. Um, Listen, he asked this question. If I was there, I'd be like, hey, look, I'm not going to tell, but I won't be joining you. I'm not ready to loot. I'll stay back at the house and I'll, uh, you know, what was out in 90? I'll pay, I'll play Mortal Kombat 1 for Sega Genesis. That's what I'll do. Listen, this is when rap was scary and unapologetic, for real. You know, um, this is a different time. Uh, I would say this is the first song on the album that's like uh, first of the records that are still timely now or and timely then. Um, I say politically charged is an understatement on this record. Oh, yeah. um, I mean, they're speaking about basically taking things into their own hands. It's the day the niggas took over. You know, people were dragging their feet back then, just like they are now. You know, people are angry. So so they're with it. This this uh, I bet white folks were terrified of this song. <laughs> like imagine they're I, like they bought this album for their kids because the songs were on MTV. I mean, right. You know, these weren't like I said, like cult classics that were unearthed years later these were songs that were big in the moment so you know this album doing what it did record sales wise you know there were a bunch of white kids in the suburbs who took this album home and uh you know they they heard like dre day or g thing i mean we they... talk about getting radicalized all right you know some white kids white suburban kids probably got turned into black nationalists listening to this yeah, and, and their parents, their parents must have been. Whew. They they had to be shook, you know. Speaking of which, I was wrong when we were talking to Chris later on in the episode. I completely forgot about this record when I was claiming that Little Ghetto Boy was like the only socially. Yeah, that's what I was record. saying. There's other yeah, I was songs. Tripping. 
Yeah, this this I forgot about Damn, this. This is on here. You you're doing the time travel again. Yeah, I had to do the time travel. Just just you know, I I won't do the whole bit, but yeah, you know, you'll hear me here, later. Man, the the doom 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 doom. Oh, listen, I wrote in my notes musically. This is a ghost break dancing in a haunted house. That's what it sounds like. I I, I like this beat a lot. Um, it's a it's a scary beat for scary talk. You know, um. We got we got these verses on here. Of course, you mentioned Daz Dillinger. For, well, first, I'll start with Snoop, uh, which I think is a very important part of the song. He says, I got my finger on the trigger. Some niggas wonder why. But living in the city, it's do or die. You know, it's as simple as that. It's like, this is a necessity. Like, you can feel a certain way, but you can't control your environment and the people around you. It, it forces you into a lifestyle like this, you know? You always have choices, but sometimes your choices are made for you, you know? Um, so the first official verse is Daz Dillinger. He's doing the reggae thing. I, I really like this verse a lot. Yeah, I think Daz sounds great on this one, man. He killed it. You know, I'm going to just read it all out. He was just short. It's like, I don't know, what is this, like eight bars? You know, dim wonder why me violent, dim no really understand. For the reason why me take me law in me own hand. Me not out for peace and me not Rodney King. The gun goes click, me gun goes bang. Them riot in Compton, them riot in Long Beach, them riot in L.A. Because them don't really want to see niggas start to loot and police start to shoot. Lock us down at seven o'clock. Barricade us like Beirut. Me don't show no love because it's us against them. Them never, ever love me because it's sport to break them and kill at my own risk. If I may to lay to spray with my AK and put them to rest. I mean, listen, this is this. He's charged up. This is this is violent. This is this is uh this is retaliation. This is revenge. You know, and we got this refrain coming. How many niggas are ready to loot? This is this is it's 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 time. It's time for action is, is what they're getting at here. You know, and we got these sound bites weaving in and out. You got these reporters and like, you know, it's it sounds like a, a day on the streets during a riot. You know, um, uh, yes, it does. Actually. Um, yeah. And, and what's great is, is verse two. Dre comes in and basically what's funny about Dre's verse is he's just like detailing the hall of like his looting. <laughs> like, so he comes in, you know, and he's like he's sitting at his house and he's like sitting in my living room, calm and collected, feeling that got to get mine perspective because what I heard just broke me in half. You know, it's like more black death more injustice, more racism. And he's like, listen, you know, in this country, we're held down. I'm just, I'm going to go out and I'm going to see what I can get. And it's funny, like by the end of the verse, he's like, I got a VCR in the back of my car that I ganked from the Slauson swap meet, you know? And he's like, he dares somebody to basically try to get it off of him. And, you know, I'm thinking to myself as I'm listening, it's like, yo, I hope he brings back another controller so we can play that Mortal Kombat one together, you know, because because we only got one back at the at the death row compound. But uh, here's what's interesting. In the middle of the verse, he says, uh, you see, when niggas get together, they get mad because they can't fade us like my niggas from South Central Los Angeles. They found that they couldn't handle us. Oh, I got to say, he says Los Angeles. You know, and I'm like, oh, oh, I get it. See, y'all didn't catch it. You, 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 you get it? That's called motherfucking bars, nigga. You know nothing about that. Los Angeles, us, us, they're united. They found that they couldn't handle us. Bloods, Crips on the same squad with the essays helping, nigga. It's time to rob and mob. You know, it's like amongst this chaos, they've come together. There's some unity here, you know, um, which we're seeing a little bit of 
in the modern day. Yeah, like yeah, you know, seen, in these protests, we're like seeing more white folks out here than ever. Stuff like that, though. Like you know, you know, like the Mexicans, Bloods, the Crips, well, I know in Chicago, like, there's there's kind of like some beef going. I don't know if it's died down, but unfortunately for a bit, it was it was seeming like the Mexicans it, it was beefing with the blacks for a little bit. But I think we I think we sorted it out. I think we fixed some up. I don't know. Uh, yeah. You know, but um, here's my thing about Dre's verse. He's like the only one who's not really all in on this patois thing. Oh yeah, yeah. He's just kind of being Dre. <laughs> he's being Dre, bro. He, look, we know he's not a rapper. You know, they probably wrote him a patois verse, and he's like, "Nah, man, that's that's too far." But I, that's the thing. <laughs> like, I, I, like, I don't know how many points to take off for the fact that he's not kind of in the same mode as everybody else because well, I don't know I think if I'd want to hear I'm not sure I really want to hear him do that. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's it's it's, it's he did what he had to do. He 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 knew his role, he shut his mouth. You know? Shout out to Dwayne Johnson. Um I'll say this. Uh on the reggae note, you you say later on, uh, not to spoil anything, it doesn't really work on a, on another song. But here, I think it works. I'm listening. I'm riding around. I'm like, yo, it's a ting, bro. It's a ting. And you know what we need? We need a Drake verse. We need a Drake verse. That's what we need right now. This is the perfect beat for this him to put not, those vicious, those not, those vicious. Is, listen, put those vicious no, anti-black Drake, rumors to rest. He Drake needs to hop does on this. Like, does like tropical house adjacent, like da- pop dance hall. No, this, this is, is one not, of them ones. This is one of them ones. I bet he, if he hops on this and does a freestyle. Get his dick out of your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> it's just great to me. All right. I'm just, look, I got to, my, my, my antennas, I'm trying to get the message out to OVO. Hop on this side, uh, on this the day the niggas took over. We can, we can shut all this drama down right now. They can, they'll know what side you're on. All right. Please don't. You do it. You got to do it. Don't do um, it, Anyway, uh, Snoop at the at on the, the outro. I thought he was well. I didn't think he was, but he sounded like Eminem for a second. Because uh, his accent, he was like blam 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 to them fall. Listen to the shots from a nigga doggy dog. Bitty by Dr. Dre, him bust gun. Like he sounded like him for a second. You know, I thought that was interesting. Um, and I gotta well, technically, say, technically, M sounds like him. Right, right, right. M sounds like him. We know, we know. M has done has done his research. He, he always paying homage to, to you know who came before him. So yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if he got some some ideas from this the chronic. You know, I'm sure he, I'm sure he did. He, he got him from NWA. He said so. Uh, I'll, I'll end with this. My final note. You said Mel. Why, why you keep finding ways to sneak in that Mortal Kombat and that Sega? It sounds like you know you still have some indoctrination from some sort of cult that you left. And I said, no, I'm just doing this because that's who we rock with at the Death Row Compound. As RBX says, smash, I crash his head like a window. I ain't Nintendo. I'm high off the endo. All right. We don't rock with that Nintendo. Get that goofy, that goofy kitty cartoon mess out of here. It's Sega. All right. And we're playing that. Mortal Kombat, man. You know, this is the day the niggas took over. They went out and they bought game consoles. They looted some game consoles. And, and then we did they it. They went out and they bought some game consoles. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's what happened on the day they took over. That's exactly what happened. Yeah, you know, this is this is this is what happened. Playing Mortal Kombat with Dr. Dre, Snoop, RBX, and Dash Dillinger. That's all I gotta say, folks. That's all I gotta say.
Seven plus. It's plain straight seven for me. But I'm still smoking the chronic. All right. Well, let me tell you. Uh, daggone. Uh, we got this. No, 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 no. Let me tell you. Oh, okay. Track five. Nothing but a G thing featuring Snoop Doggy Dog, produced just by Dr. Dre, the man himself. Oh, wait, wait, sorry. Quick correction. I did not give that a seven plus. I gave it a flat seven. We both had flat sevens. That's right. Yeah. Um, Oh, okay. Hey, why not a seven plus? Well, because I I told him I'm going to stay back. I'm not going to join the looting. Right. But I I respect it. I respect it. Fair enough. You know? Um, Track five. Yeah, you you listen. We got, you know what we got here. It's a classic, folks. It's a single. Here's my only question. Should it have been called nothing but a G thing or should it have been called ain't nothing but a G thing? Which I feel like has been, uh, what do they call it? Like the Berenstein like complex or something? Oh, the Mandela effect. Yeah, the Mandela effect. There you go. Um, Like, I swore this song was called Ain't Nothing But a G Thing. Low key, me too. When I was looking at the track list, I'm like, really? Has it always just been nothing but a G thing? A lot of mislabeled files out there over the years. That's all I'm going to (laughs) say. Listen, that the, the wine wires, you know, they 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 told me something different. I was told by Apple Care, you know, that it was ain't nothing but a G thing. But no, it's nothing but a G thing. And I'll tell you what else. It's an eight plus for me. Oh, listen, Mel. Uh-huh. I must have been hitting that chronic super hard, because I give this a nine minus. <laughs> nice. Dude, this nice. is like one of the best hip hop singles of all time. It's a classic hip hop song. Here's what's funny. Jimmy, they played this for him when they played the chronic and, and they were like they were trying to tell him like, yo, this isn't gonna make it on radio. Like it's too explicit. Jimmy said, No, it's money. This song's money. Buy me the radio slots. Get this slotted into like top radio. And it took off. He was right. Dude, the song peaked at what? Number two, right? Uh yeah, number two. I'm not going to bring up that guy who also went number two. But yeah, this is on the the, the, the uh, main chart. A lot chart. of people have gone number two. two, Mel. A lot of people. A lot of people. Number two. So, so the boy, if you're listening, you're in a good class. Don't worry Ooh. about Adele blocking the bling. Oh you, 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 you're, you're, this it's is, nothing but a G thing, baby. This is, this is sick behavior. No, it's, no, it's not. It's not it's sick twisted. behavior. Um, listen, it's peaked at number two. It topped the hot rap songs, the, the hot black singles chart. Um in 94, the song was nominated for a Grammy Award in the Best Rap Performance by a Duo or Group category. Now, here's what's interesting. I read that on Wikipedia, and I guess the implication is it was just nominated. So I was thinking, well, who won? You know? And I just remember, I meant, I meant to look this up. So if that didn't win at the 36th Annual Grammy Awards, then what won? So let us let me look into this. Um, apparently, it was... Diggable planets, yeah, which I've recently heard with uh, uh, it's pretty cool good. like it, that, right? Yeah, cool like that. A cool rebirth of slick parentheses, cool like that. So okay, okay, I'll allow it. I'll allow it. You know, this is a good record. Um, I, I think it's interesting that like G Thang is clearly the more celebrated of the two records, but at the end of the day, cool like that is their well, biggest bro, song. This is Grammys. This is the Grammys. This is a bunch of white And look, look, there's no shame in losing to Diggable Planets. I like Diggable Planets just fine. No shame. 
Um, but you know, the song itself, I mean, let's, where do we start with this? Okay. First of all, the, I'll say the low end, look, I'm, I'm mixed smell, you know, the bottom is so full on this thing. It's just, it's so Dude, clean from and the full second you and press warm. play, It just feels like it like blooms immediately. It's like, kind of just like, it's great. Invites you immediately into the song. Um, yeah. I mean, the Moog synthesizer on this one is iconic. That yeah, bro. Yeah, right. Look, one, two, three into three the into foe. the foe. You doggy dog and Doctor Dre is at the foe, ready to make an entrance. So back on up. One, I mean, one of the great verse starters, by the way, of yeah, all time. Gr- and and this is a great verse. I mean, the whole thing yeah. is just like. And and by the way. We would have to chill seven years till the next episode, but it would be worth it. And oh, man. I'll tell you what, guys, this is as good as it gets on here for me. Listen, this song, bro, it's unfadable, so please don't try to fade this. It's a classic record. <laughs> all right. It's, it's, it's a classic. It's, it's a classic hip-hop record. Sometimes I feel like the more classic something is, the less I have to say about it. It, it does feel like that often. It's yeah. like, guys, what's wrong with you? Like, it's a nine or it's a ten. But, like, but, we, it's a but we do classic. have an obligation because it's like, listen, you know, we can't just expect them to be like, it's, it's a classic. Listen, I'm going to tell you why it's a classic. Because Snoop Dogg is being Snoop Dogg. He has, he has his, uh, his, chemistry his, his with iconic Dre on this. flow. Is, his chemistry with Dre is just perfect on this song. Yeah. The production is full and clean and uh, interesting. You know, um, the hook is memorable, clearly, because it was a hit. You know, yeah, listen, it's, it's, it, it it's almost like went that, number like one. It's, it's like this and like that and like this and like this. Bro, come on. You know, it, it's a hit. It had all the qualities of a hit. You know, um, I'll tell you this. The line that like I, 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 Wait, I know this song pretty well. Song? Eight plus. Oh, eight plus. Okay. Yeah. Um, Sorry. Here's, I, here's I, the thing. I, I know you said that earlier. Well, we, we, we've both been smoking the chronic, you know, memory loss. But I'll tell you this. The Dre line that, that like it stuck out to me on this listen because I've heard this song my whole life. Mm-hmm. Never let me slip because if I slip, then I'm slipping. Yeah. Hey, I mean, yeah, sure. <laughs> you know, why not? Why not? You know, um, another line I, I really always love when they like trading off. So Dre, what up, dog? Got to give them what they want. What's that, G? We got to break them off something. Hell yeah! And it's yeah, gotta dude, be that bumping. chemistry. City of going Compton. back and forth. It's just. <laughs> It's butter, dude. That's what it is. It's butter. It is butter. These two just like this. It's this great. is this is a great record. And I gotta say, Dre opened in his verse. This used to be like an inside joke with me and my friends. I mean, kind of still is. Uh, well, uh-huh. I'm peeping and I'm creeping and I'm creeping. <laughs> peeping and it's creeping, great. man. It's great. It's great stuff, man. It's there's a reason why this song has endured for this long. Yeah, this is yeah. a, this is a, I mean, dude, this is just like the, the quintessential, like, if you ask me, like, what is G-Funk, I would probably just send you this song. Yeah. It's, it's one of those songs that I hear and I'm never like, oh God, like this is dated. It just, it, it endures. It just, it continues. It's still nothing but a G thing. And if you don't respect it, then your gangsterly ain't hellified, obviously. It's probably it's probably janky. It looks it looks whack, you know. So, yeah, eight plus for me, nine minus for Mules. 
great oh, record. So, um, Colin Wolf said that he, um, oh no, uh, he said Warren G brought the Leon Haywood sample for G Thang. Matter of fact, I was the first one to hear the song's lyrics. Snoop was in jail and used to call up to the house. I picked uh-huh. up one time and Snoop was like, yo, man, I just wrote this rap called G Thang. Check it out. Tell me what you think. If you think Dre's going to like it. He rapped it for me and I said, hell fucking yeah. We had to record that song three different times. I believe one time the tape was left in the car and got messed up. Another oh, time no. it got accidentally erased. The only live instrument on there was me playing the synth string part and the live bass. Dre added an 808 to the kick to make it thump harder. And actually, in an interview with uh, Big Boy from Power 106, Dre discussed the uh, background behind this song. And he said the original version of G Thang was made to a Boz, Skaz, a Boz Skaggs song. Uh, he says, I can't remember the name of the song, but Snoop was actually in jail and I really wanted this demo to get done. So he called in and I taped the receiver of the phone to the mic. You can hear the jail sounds in the back and everything. He's going one, two on the whole thing. That was the original version. I just happened to be at my mom's house going through records, and I found this Leon Haywood, I want to do something freaky to you sample. And I thought that would make a better foundation track. So I took that back, recorded the track, Snoop got out, and we recorded the song in my house. It was a bedroom that I converted into a studio. That's where the first half of the chronic came from. I played it at a house party, and everybody wanted me to rewind that and keep playing it. That's when I knew this was special. And special it was. I mean, how how many years has it been? 28. 20, 28? Almost. Come on. Come on. This song's older than me. 27 know? and a half. And it still hits. So, nothing but a G thing. But let me tell you what, folks. If... If you but don't I'll tell like you what is, it, what is it. What is what uh, is what's something but a G thing. What what was it? Folks, if you're listening, you don't like that song. Fine, fine. But you know, if you don't want to listen to this, you know what you can listen to. These nuts. Gotti. Gotti. Track six. These nuts. Uh, <laughs> I give it a seven, bro. I give it a seven plus. Okay. Well, let's... Uh, this is featuring Snoop Doggy Dog, Daz Dillinger, Warren G, and Nate Dog, and mm-hmm. it is produced by Dr. Dre and Colin Wolf, our boy Colin Wolf, the great musician himself. Now, you, those of you who may may think more of me out there, like Mel, Mel. I thought you were a nice young man. You you like a song about D's nuts. Well, the thing is, you, you, you'd think right, because they do think more of you, because this samples none other, Dolomite himself, Rudy Ray Moore. It's true. He says uh, this intro, he's like, I want to ask you one question. If I had some nuts hanging on the wall, what would I have, honey? Uh, and and he said, I said, darling, you'd have some walnuts. She said, well, daddy... If I had some nuts on my chest, would those be chestnuts? I said, hell yeah. She said, well, daddy, if I had nuts under my chin, would those be chin nuts? I said, hell no, bitch. You'd have a dick in your mouth. <laughs> Look, I'm, I'm, I'm just reading. I'm just reading the lyrics. I just, I'm just reading the lyrics. 
Street Fighters. <laughs> Folks. This man brought in this man brought in sitcom can laughter. You're a you're a real piece of work, Mel. Listen, it's that juvenile humor. You gotta love it. I mean, come on, you gotta love it. Warren G's on here, but at but the start. underneath all the juvenile humor, this is just another like this is a really solid G Funk record. It is, it is, and clearly, I mean. It's not that crude. The the phrase itself in the song, according to me, you know, giving it a seven, is persevere. I don't know if this was like the first album where that phrase was like used, but like my whole, I grew up with the phrase my whole life. Maybe it came from this album, you know? Um, but, you know, it was, bro, the, the, the thing I played to start out this song review, that was a meme from the mid-2010s, the D's Nuts guy. What's his name, like Welvin? His name is Welvin. I'm Melvin, he's Welvin, you know, like, bro, these nuts has, has, has survived the eras. It, it, it keeps, it keeps prospering, you know. Um, Dude, in 2015, a political candidate ran for D's president nuts. under the name D's Nuts <laughs> after the internet meme um, took off. So, right. You know, and the internet in, in meme way, took its cue probably from this from song. Dr. Trace it back. Chronic. Yeah. So, but yeah, it, it, it it's a good record. Bro, it's the, a nice first of all, slice of G funk here. I really the like baseline, the bass line. It's it's the bass lines are still coming in hard. This one's like a little lower. It kind of like it like mm-hmm. this bass line like sputters and slides and like slithers. You know, it's just like a. It's like it's really low. Um, I'll say uh, <laughs> this is uh, we got you know yeah we got we got some of that you know we got. You know, misogyny i'm not saying you have to rock with it but you know it's, it's, it's someone that sounds hey, good it guys, sounds good i'm not what? saying it's a good concept but it sounds good okay you, know, you can you, listen you to it and not treat women like shit exactly you know if you hear no, dr dre say if she proper listen, i'm a popper the whole hopper if, if, if you can't listen to music without adopting the characteristics of the artists that you're listening to maybe you shouldn't be I, listening to music i sincerely suggest you go get some help yeah get some help that that'll be the next drop I get. That Michael Jordan, um, yeah. Listen, um, I, I gotta say though, my favorite part of the song, the thing that got this thing, uh, that really got this thing, uh, you know, from a seven minus to a seven, a flat seven. Uh, Nate Dog, bro. That oh, yeah, I Nate can't be faded, bro. I was, <laughs> I was like, where's this been my whole life? I heard Dude, you want to fucking You picked um, the wrong motherfucking day. <laughs> he definitely has that flavor on here, man. Um, overall, bro, Ooh. I'm still smoking the chronic. I'm so. still smoking it, bro. Uh, let me, let me. Uh, is, is a note here. Um, say, D's nuts became the first track to officially feature the two one three crew. With Warren G featured in the infamous intro, Snoop providing the supporting vocals, and Nate Dogg singing on the outro during his only appearance on the album. So, you know, this was like, you know, the first track, I guess, according to this this note, officially featured 213, which is well, Snoop, maybe Warren G, and Nate Dogg. Maybe we will do the album one of these days. How yeah, about that? one day. Now, I'll tell you who's not on it, Vince Staples, because he may not have been born yet. I don't know. Maybe he was. Who knows? But uh, yeah, he Long was born Beach. in the summer of 06. 
Um, yeah, look, shout out to Long Beach, homie. You know, but anyway, uh, it's a, it's a good record, even though it's completely juvenile. It's a good record. The, the G Funk's still here. The music is still great. Um, and this is the first, I think, the first time on the album. Daz Dillinger's talking about Snoop. He refers to him as Eastwood. This happens a, a handful of times on the album. Yes, um, Snoop Eastwood. Yeah, Snoop Eastwood. And I was thinking about that, and I was like, you know, Clint Eastwood kind of has like this, like sort of cold, you know, demeanor, right, in his films. Like, from oh yeah, then, I, I mean, think especially, especially you know, pre- quiet, cold, sort of intenseness. Yeah, and I think especially Snoop, you know what we're going off of seventies, eighties, like Dirty Harry stuff like right. that for sure. I think early Snoop was like that. I mean, at least in the videos, he didn't he he didn't seem as charismatic as we know he is. You know, the raps were there, but like he seemed like a little, you know, a little. We know now he was like shy, you know. But it's like I could see him being like Snoop Eastwood, you know. Um, I tell you what, Eastwood wouldn't like this album. <laughs> you don't know <laughs> that. that. You don't know. That. I don't know that. I was just a hunch. Just I think hunch. he would like it. Except uh, track four. I don't think he'd enjoy that one very much. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the day who took over? Uh, Clint, don't worry Not about it. Not on my watch. No, we're going to skip this one. We're going to go. We're going to go. Uh, we're going to listen to G Fan. <laughs> yeah. Um, listen, they really called the song D's Nuts, but it works. All right. I, what, what, what more do you want from me? It's a good record. Um, I can understand not liking it, you know, but. I like it. I, give it a second. I can't. I can't. That's why I give it a seven plus. <laughs> um, but let me tell you, speaking speaking of sevens, we got this track seven, and you know what? We got to open up that garage because we, uh, got we got another open visitor. Up the cipher. We got to pass the chronic to our guests. <laughs> you know it. Pass it. Pass it around. You know, puff from Mools, puff from Mel, and then a pass to yeah, Chris, and, and you know, better known as rappers are actors. He's right? probably better known as Chris. Oh, okay. But I let's say know, uh, you could find him on Twitter at rappers, the letter R, actors. And, well, he, he, uh, he let us, he let us know. We got the, yeah, he's coming up. Let us know. So, so this, uh, this next track is track seven, Lil Ghetto Boy. Uh, still smoking Chris. the chronic. Still smoking the chronic. Uh, we'll be back after this review. So, uh, folks, we are back right here on Rap Rankings and... We have a special guest with us. It's uh, a man who we actually share some podcasting roots with. This is this is true. Back yep. in the day when I was young, you know, before rap rankings, we were uh, we were just we were just a few wrestling fans, right? Yep. Yeah, just a few good men talking about the sport of kings on a little show called Pencil Neck Geeks back in 2016. And uh, that that's not available online right now, right? I don't know. I really don't. Oh no, I, I can't. I, I really can't remember know. if we have any more um, episodes. I haven't looked back that far into like my archives of like any podcast I joined and saw. That, nah, um, bro. You know, you know what happened. Part of. Uh, Trump got elected, and we're like, let's take this week off from recording. Tensions seem really high out here, and we, and uh, we never and we never record again. <laughs> we, we haven't recorded since. I was like, damn, um, we're going to have uh, another episode of Pencil Neck Geeks. It's been a minute. It, it, yeah, it's just like we, we did. Yeah, Donald didn't Trump ever killed again. Pencil Neck Geeks. <laughs> That's an exclusive. But yes, please. He, he killed the podcast. Uh, let's, let's oh, give it's a big, true. It's oh, it's true. Yeah. 
Oh, it's true. Okay. Oh, my goodness, uh, Please, folks, with, uh, without further ado, it's our good friend, Chris Mack. Chris, welcome to the show. Hey, um, thanks for having me, guys. I really appreciate, you know, getting stepping back into the pod game and rekindling, you know, my fire again with you guys and, you know, reuniting of sorts, you know. This time, just talking about, you know, music as opposed to just talking about pro wrestling, you know. Uh, you know, they're two of my loves. You know my favorite pastimes, and mm-hmm. I'm glad that I'm able to like these share some knowledge or you know at least my thoughts and and bring some contribution to the um, to the show. So thank you. Well, thank you for joining us. And uh, today we are going to be taking a look at Little Ghetto Boy, uh, produced yeah. by Daz Dillinger and Dr. Dre, and featuring Daz Dillinger and Snoop Dogg. That's right. Now, what track uh, number is this, Mel? This is track. Uh, Dag on what's this? It's track seven. Seven, yeah, track seven. Yes, yeah, track number seven. You know, track seven uh, on uh, Doctor Dre's The Chronic. Yep. Yeah. Um, um, now, before we get into our discussion of the song, and before Chris tells us a little more about his uh, feelings on the album as a whole, Mel, we got to do the requisite explanation of the rating system. I'm telling you, man. But we should we should do this off air. <laughs> before I say, before you know, just, yeah, you just, know just, what, you know what? Actually, actually, time? actually, no. Maybe we should do it on air because if people are only tuning in to hear the guests, which is reasonable, you know, mm-hmm. they might not be familiar with the rating system, and it's good for them to hear it before we launch. So you know, what? no, never mind. I was wrong. <laughs> My bad, as our truth would say. Uh, yeah. So here's the rating system. It's it's pretty simple. It's a one to ten scale. Uh, each number means something. So. Mm-hmm. A 10 means this is a perfect song, one of your favorite songs of all time. A 9 means you love it. 8 means you like it a lot. 7 means you like it. 6 means it's aight. You don't dislike it, but you can't say that you like it. 5 means you feel practically nothing about it. 4 means it's not the worst thing you've ever heard, but you dislike it. 3 means you dislike it. Two means you hate it, and one means you absolutely can't stand it. One of the worst things you've ever heard, and that's it. So, uh, is that cool? We 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 cool? Yeah, sounds like that works for me. Okay, cool. Um, so, with that being said, uh, do you have you think you have an idea of what you would rate, uh, Little Ghetto Boy? Uh, well, considering that is um my favorite song. Of the uh of the entire Chronic album, I would suggest I'll give it a, a ten. Uh, I, I just <laughs> love the beat. <laughs> uh, uh, I mean, I just love the the beat, man. It's it's so tremendous. Mm-hmm. Like you know, adding you know, uh, like those strings that set up, and then you know the whole intro when they're focusing on like protecting you know the little kid or wanting you know. And, and then Snoop's verses throughout, uh, like that's still like a couple of my favorite verses from Snoop's Dog all together. Uh, it's just it's just a, a perfect encapsulating song uh, that you know with filled within all you know considering that it's it's a gangster rap album you know you know West Coast G Funk and you know there's a whole lot of you know you know you know throughout the album it's just, just you know a lot of focus on like you know misogynistic um themes. And, and a lot of hedonism mm-hmm. and shit like that. This one, in particular, like it hits you know 
a time that is kind of relevant to even to this day because it's it, it focused more of s- sort of social commentary in a way of how you know you have these two that were products of their environment and you know they just tell the story of like you know just trying to get through a day you know in los angeles and and the kids themselves are being products of that environment and they're like they are you know subjected to grow up pretty fast to the point that you know they're having guns when they're like what 10 or 12 years old and you know i i just looked at that song as something that's just you know something that remained you know special to me because i could always go back to that song whenever i played the chronic like you know it's it's that song that i always go to it's like you know yeah this is like one of those themes that that just stands out the most um in um dr dre's discography word you know what's interesting i'm glad you pointed this out uh well i'll lead off by saying this uh it's your favorite song. It's also my dad's favorite song. Shout out to my dad. He told me the other <laughs> night when I said we were going to be doing this album. So, you know, hey, uh, you you and my dad should form a tag team. But here's the thing about oh, wow. Ghetto Boys. <laughs> um, this was this was my first time in my life. Now I'm 27. It's my first time ever hearing the Chronic. Uh, just like just like a week ago. So, you know, oh, wow. when I first listen to this, yeah, I know it's crazy. And my first <laughs> listen to this, you know. You point out that this is like one of the like probably the only song on the album that delves into, you know, the social commentary side of of, of rap. Mm-hmm. And um, I find it interesting that my whole life I was acquainted with like the singles. You got like F with Dre mm-hmm. Day. You got nothing but a G thing. You know, let me ride. Yeah. You know, even these nuts I'd heard about before this <laughs> song. I didn't I didn't know this song existed, you know, and I think that says something. It's it's um. You know, I'm like the way I that the chronic had been discussed my whole life and the way I was familiar with it, the way I'd I'd become, you know, sort of acquainted with it. I didn't think a song like this existed on this album, you know. So when it came on and I'm listening, I'm like, yo, this is like a this is way out of left field. I didn't know this was the kind of song that would be on here. I thought it was all like you said, sort of hedonistic, misogynistic, aggressive, you know, just like I thought that was going to be the gist of it. And then we have this song that, you know, of course, discusses these things. Um, you, you spoke about, uh, you know, just well, I, before I before I get into the song itself. So I give it a seven plus, mm-hmm. which is basically a strong seven. I like it. I can see this one day going up to an eight. Um, it's at a seven plus right now for me because because of a few things um, that I'll get into. One, uh, I, too, adore the beat. But mm-hmm. uh, in listening to this song, I went and listened to the sample and I'm like, OK, I really like this sample. I probably like the sample more than the song. Not that they didn't flip it yeah. well. It's just I realize a lot of what makes this song works is the sample. And I went and listened to the original Donny Hathaway oh, sure. song. Uh, right. Called Little Ghetto Boy. And I was like, oh, this, this is great. You know, that song's probably like an eight for me. So, you know. um, there's that plus like they aren't really saying anything new which isn't an issue but that's like one of the things that just keeps it at a strong seven for me rather than you know like it's nothing really groundbreaking being said but it is being said and i appreciate that so of course it starts out with i looked it up we got this like sound bite well at the very beginning we got this like firecracker noise believe it Mm -hmm. or not i guess dr dre had sampled uh, it firecrackers lit with match by sound ideas from the <laughs> series the fir- 1000 wow. sound I, effects say, library. I was today years old when, when I thought that I, for years, cause here's the thing. DJ burn one has used that yeah. as like part of his tag. Oh, uh, yeah. Always saw it's like a, f- that's kind of 
always saw it was like a flare. I never thought it was a firecracker. Mm -hmm. I thought it was a line of cocaine being snorted. I thought it was a flare. (laughs) I thought it was a flare being struck. Well, you know, I, I I thought it was a flare too until I looked it up, and it's like, oh, it's a firecracker, I guess, according to I, this. I thought it was someone snorting a fat line of cocaine and then snorting back <laughs> to snort the remnants. <laughs> right, there is like a, a, a short pause in between. <laughs> wow, you know what? This is a uh, yet again proof, and you ain't black. So yeah. Um, Oh, speaking of which, I'm glad that we have Chris here because I would have, I would have, I would have vetoed having no, like it's appropriate to have a, another black voice here for this for this song specifically. I would hate to bring in oh, some yeah. white dude to talk about little ghetto boy. You know, we don't need any more of that. I mean, uh, yeah. and and while yeah, we're on yeah. the subject, we briefly addressed it earlier, but I just want to say. If you're white, you don't need to have a take on the J. Cole no-name situation, guys. Yeah. All right, let's continue. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. That, yeah, please. So, yeah, episode, enough of that. But, uh, that, is, that was so much. Yeah, you know. you know. But um, so it starts with this firecracker noise from this, like, 1979 sound library. And then it goes into what I discovered was an extended sound bite from a, a film that I guess is in the Library of Congress. It's Birth of a Nation 42992. Um, yes. Just quickly, I'll say okay. that the like the quick uh, like synopsis or the summary or whatever it is said after criminal charges were dropped against four Los Angeles police officers accused in the brutal beating of Rodney King, Los Angeles erupted. This video offers a rare view of the rebellion that began within minutes of the verdict. It is a view from the street shot at the epicenter of the rebellion where residents express their outrage, businesses burn, and neighbors are depicted as criminals on the nightly news. Gangs call a citywide truce while local rappers become prophets. While the handheld immediacy of combat coverage, the video follows events over several days, shows conditions leading up to the verdict, the rebellion, and ultimately the arrest of black youth accused of rioting and violence as the chief of police and news cameras look on. Talk about wow, what does that what does that sound like? Sounds like last week, <laughs> you know, yeah. like you know, and I, I I find that to of course be be very appropriate because um, we're I mean it, it's 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 depressing honestly that we're still dealing with such things, but this is like ninety two, and here we are in twenty twenty, and we're like coming off the off of riots and and and, and everything else more civil unrest because of injustice. And um, what stood out to me in this like synopsis was them saying like local rappers become prophets, you know? And then we have a song like this where it's the lone, it's, it's the outlier on the album that kind of like, I think of this as like one of those examples, you know, I, the chronic came out after the LA riots, right? Yeah. It came out about yeah, four this or came five out. months after the LA riots. Right. So, you know, them even putting this soundbite on here, it was it was obviously still very fresh in their minds. And, you know, in the soundbite, uh, I find the soundbite to be funny because it's just this guy talking. He's like, y'all need to, oh, we need to open our own businesses, quit buying jerry curls and perms. And I'm like, okay, this is like half respectability politics, half sound advice, you know, but it's like, yeah, it's it's just the voice of the street. You know, it's not meant to be appropriate or correct it's just how this person was feeling at the time so they 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 have that sound by and then in comes this i'm glad you mentioned this chris in comes this beat this this by all means beautiful beat sampling this donny hathaway mm-hmm. song i'm mm-hmm. immediately like what a beat and i'm like yo this a is a lot of detail in this beat a lot like, of detail a lot of dynamic range to it there's a so lot layered. of layers to it 
Yeah, and I, that's what I wrote in my notes. I was struck by how layered it was because they would have you believe like hip hop prior to like a certain year was pretty like rudimentary. And this I, honestly sounds like it could have came out like last decade. Like, you know, all the like, of course, you have this sample come in. Snoop starts rapping. And then shortly after I, I wrote in my notes, I called it. I said, holy crap at this fluttering anxiety noise. This is 1992 because it sounded oh, like yeah. a very yeah. modern. It's like, which is, I yeah. guess the sample is this Rodney Franklin song, Endless Flight. I looked it up and I was like, that's great. Like it's genius for him to incorporate well, dude, that. Back just, then, you know, this is 1992. You got to keep in mind production before they really started to clamp down on the sampling. Beats used to have like four like or mad five samples. different samples. Right. Yeah. Right. It wasn't just like, was, oh, he took the Donny Hathaway song and looped it up. There's multiple right. songs nah. added in here. It's it's it'll, it'll help. DJing and, and musical arrangement. Yeah, there'll be yeah. there'll be some songs like not even from like from Dre, but but Ice Cube's time, you know, working with Def, you know, the Bomb Squad for Death Certificate and you know, America's Most Wanted, it'll sample about six or seven different songs in one beat. You know, it, it's yeah. just it's, it was it was actually very tremendous how you know they were able to get all that done. But that that was also a time where you know clearances weren't you know that strict, and you know a lot of artists weren't mm-hmm. getting you know that extra credit. So therefore, they didn't have to pay royalties and, and, to a lot of those songs point, that were done. There wasn't as much money in it because yeah. at the time, hip hop artists weren't selling what they're selling now. So, yeah. you know, these artists who they were sampling weren't necessarily looking at these guys with dollar signs in their eyes just yet. Mm-hmm. Right. Now, the laws had already changed, but the climate was different at the time for producers. And, you know, yeah, the beat the beat is uh, magnificent, I have to say. Yeah. So, you know, I'm, I hear this, what I refer to as a fluttering anxiety noise. And I'm like, this is this is great. Like incorporating this was genius. Um, so the beat just continues to develop. Now Snoop's rapping. Snoop, of course, is slick as always. One of the slickest, one of the best rappers at just sounding like a rapper. I mean, he's yeah. a pocket god. He's a flow god. He's just your your quintessential rapper. He sounds good on a beat. So he's doing that again. Um, he mentions very early on, he mentions he's like in a two-man cell with a uh, little half dead. And I was like, oh, I know him. We almost reviewed him in season zero. Yep. <laughs> you know, and, but that's really all I know about him is because I remember when when Mules was like, yo, what's the new little half day? I was like, who is that? Because it sounds like a new rapper name. But <laughs> apparently <laughs> this, is, this guy is a will, you know, so it's like, yeah. So I'm like, oh, I know this guy. So, you know, Snoop's rapping and he's talking about, of course, the plight of a young black person. He's 18, um, you know, and, and what what struck me is in the verse, he says life of a G, I guess. And. Mm-hmm. That I guess I think lends itself to like there's that there's that reluctance there's like there's a questioning mm-hmm. tone there it's like does it have to be this way it's like you know I guess like is there an alternative like it's it's sort of like it sounds like you don't really want to do it which makes sense as a young person it's like this is what you've been exposed to this is sort of what you have to adopt in order to survive this environment but of course you know you're looking around like man like can't there be another way you know maybe i'm being a like rap genius about it right now but just like that i guess at the end of life of a g really really struck me um of course he's speaking like you know they don't do fist fights anymore you got to be strapped you know the uh the flute's going crazy at this point you this know, is and flute so, rap 15 years before mask off 
Yeah. <laughs> or, or, no, I'm sorry, 25 years before Mask Off. Right. Or, or, or you know, Portwin. But yeah, let me not get started on Drake. Uh, but yeah, you know, so the flute's the flute's going crazy. It's great. This this very ornate beat. I'm loving it. I'm like, yo, Dr. Dre had to sound like a wizard for doing this back in '92. You know. Well, keep in um, mind, Daz is also producing on here. Let's give him his due as well. Right yeah. now, he's also singing on the hook. Right. He's That's, doing he's doing the patois. Right, the, I wrote like the sort of like yeah the the, the, the reggae honestly, flair, and, yeah. and I like uh, I like Daz. I'm a Dog Pound fan. I could mm-hmm. do without the patois on here. It's the one thing I think is like not <laughs> necessary. I uh, give the song an eight minus. By the way, uh, okay, I do really like the song, but it would be a, it would be a flat eight without the patois. I don't I don't really okay. mind the patois, but I do I, think it, it isn't necessary. I had, I, had, I had no problem with the patois at all. Um, I actually, you know, when I was before, you know, knowing that it was a Donny Hathaway sample, uh, I always thought it was Nate Dogg that was doing uh, the hook, you know, mm-hmm. of, of Little Ghetto Boy. Because, you know, he was, you know, a frequent collaborator. It, 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 I wouldn't be surprised that he would have done the hook, you know, if they were doing live shows right. together at that time. Now, there was but, a song earlier on the track list, though, with, uh, I, I can't personally say the title, but it has heavy... <laughs> Uh, kind of patois on it and like mm-hmm. a lot of reggae vibes almost and uh, I actually like that song but I just think the mix with the Donny Hathaway sample doesn't work for me like it, yeah. and it's so minor I mean it's like it's what is it like two bars four bars at most yeah and then the Donny yeah. Hathaway sample takes over yeah you so know? and I like the Donny Hathaway sample uh, so right. I mean listen man I think the song's biggest strength is that Dre gave Snoop two verses and yeah. he let him open and he let him end it. Yeah. You know, um, in a way like it's a Dre record, but it really feels like more of, of Snoop's song to me. Yeah. Well, yeah, he does. He sort of bookends the thing. And speaking of Dre, of course, who has verse two, you know, he, he sort oh, of represents. I'm, I'm sorry, but we, uh, we forgot to mention in Snoop's first verse, it's, you know, it's the line that sampled on the evils. Uh huh. Oh, by Jay Z. You oh, know, dear Lord, right. I wonder, can you save me? Save me, right? <laughs> I didn't even realize that. Yeah, look at you. You know, yeah, yeah. Might, this, song, might, uh... this one song that you know that you didn't hear, like you know, uh, until like the first time ever. Like it had so many samples, like yeah. off of Snoop's and Dre's verses. Yep. Yeah, as we do these older albums, like, of course, the same thing happened with Eric B. and Rakim. I'm like, yo, y'all rappers been lifting this stuff forever. Like, I'm on to you now. Like, I, <laughs> you know, I, I done found out. As Meek would say, we found out, you know. But, um, yeah, uh, Dre comes in. And, of course, Snoop mentions as he's like, he's plays, he's 18 in his verse. And Snoop or Dre comes in. He's like, I'm 27. He's like an older G. And I, I hear 27. I'm like, oh, OK, this me. I'm 27. You know, so then he starts rapping and he echoes a lot of what Snoop is saying. You like they used to thump. Now they bang. It's like they, they out here with guns now. And I'm like, mm-hmm. yo, the young the young bucks are wild. It kind of reminds me of the same story from like the Lupe song. Um, what is it? I think the cool where like the guy, you know, digs himself out of the grave and like runs up on some people younger than him. And, you know, they don't treat him with any sort of, you know, respect or rank like he, he's, he's just another guy to them, you know. And Dre ends up in his verse, of course, being like basically taken out by some some younger kids thinking he could punk him, 
you know, like not expecting them to have a gun. And, you know, like this this cycle of, of violence and how they're groomed, it, it, it comes full circle in a way. Um, what I find interesting, though, is through their verses, they just like it's already planning us in like the, the sort of mentality of this is what it is. The time for going the opposite way seemingly has passed. They're already like set in their ways. But I find that interesting juxtaposed with the Donny Hathaway sample that's almost sort of chastising them. It's like, what are you going to do when you get older? And it's almost like I'm listening to the song and I'm like, well, I would say it's it's they didn't want to do this. It kind of happened to them without them really realizing, you know, that they should be actively fighting against it or that there may be a way to actively fight against it. It doesn't take away from the song at all to me. I just find it interesting to hear donny hathaway you know sing about these people mm-hmm. as if he did, you he know didn't, he didn't know he was singing about these people. well right it's a sample right but the way the samples utilize rather it's sure. like you know, um but but the thing is mel is is that it's to me I mean, it's like a, a fine line when you make a record like this because the intent is not what gets you a seven eight or even a ten the intent is fine you know if someone wants to make a song about you know serious subject matter i always say you know the intent is great but the song has to deliver as well you can't it's gotta just, be good music yeah you can't just succeed yeah. on the mm-hmm. strength of your message and there are sometimes mm-hmm. you know uh we we haven't covered this album yet but like on nas it was written i feel like um what's it what's it called i gave you powers like a little heavy-handed in the writing sometimes and and like how he chose to tell his story okay i don't get like a sense of preachiness from this song even though it certainly yeah, it's, another not artist's no, it's, it's, it's not much preaching you know, but no, i'm just saying just... in another artist's hands this could have easily been something that's like okay this is like kind of maudlin and preachy or whatever but like you know the message is felt but like the music isn't and to me the song succeeds because it's great musically yeah. Yeah. You know, all the intent in the world can't make a great song. But a great song can make a great song with all the intent in the world. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I would So I mean, yeah, that's, I, I don't that's mean why to I say it's a minus. Yeah. I think it succeeds on on some of those uh, you know, on the fact that this is a song that in the hands of many other artists would not be this song. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's it's not it's not preachy. I think it's it's sort of like, especially with the music, it's almost like a gentle warning. It's you know just kind of like you know keep in mind you may be on a path of destruction, you know. But I just find it interesting because you know listening to these tales and these verses, you know, it's clear to me that this isn't like this wasn't a choice for them. You know, I think combining these yeah. verses with what's being said by Donny Hathaway, it almost seems like they chose to do this, you know, and like he's like, why would you do that? But that's not it's exactly it's, 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 it's like much like a cautionary tale. It's like a cautionary right, tale, right. source, yeah, you know, exactly. you know, like yeah. I said, so it's a, being a product of your environment. You know, it's like at this point, you pretty much have no choice of what to do. And, you know, you go and do whatever is necessary to survive. Yeah, you know, and and um, that's that's a lot of what we're seeing, you know, then what it was, you know, in '92, and, and exactly what it is now, you know, here in 2020. Yeah. So crazy that we had this album. I was telling you, Chris, the other day, this album was penciled in on the schedule 
already way before uh, the protests, way before COVID, anything mm-hmm. like this season was kind of worked out already in advance by, you know, February or March. So the fact that we're coming up on this review now of the chronic in light of everything that's gone on in the past few weeks, it's, it's really, uh, it is unexpected, but the album is certainly more timely today than it's felt in a long time. Most definitely. Well, and, I mean, uh, speaking we, we, of the album, I, I don't know if the album is is timely. The album the itself is timely, but the song itself, you know, is yeah. more. Uh, more well, of I, a, I think a there are feature. things on the album that's still, you know, like there there's clips and stuff throughout the album and whatnot that are still relevant. Oh, sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, but in 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 the sense of this album as a whole, uh, Mel, we know you gave this a seven plus. Chris, you gave it a ten. I give the song an eight minus, um, mm-hmm. but as the album stands for you as a whole, uh, how do you feel about the chronic? I mean, this is, you know, your first appearance on the show. You, you know, I gave you the list of albums we were doing. This is the one that you wanted to come on for. So uh, I'm just interested to hear why the chronic is uh, special to you. Um, for me, uh, overall as a chronic, it still stands as like yeah. one of the greatest rap albums of all time. Uh, you know, just a landmark in in like in West Coast rap. You know, it, uh, just a symbol of how and how much of a like I would say how methodical and how genius Dr. Dre was as a producer. Uh, just stru- putting songs together, structuring them, like the way that he just built this entire beat for Little Ghetto Boy and other songs on the album as well you know it just showed that he had just like a great vision for what he wants you know rap to sound like in that time frame and you know to make it you know he wanted to make it sound like you know timeless that it could be played for years to come and i remember a time when i was uh actually talking about this album with um a mentor of mine when i was in college uh he um he actually he um wrote about and reviewed the album when it came out at the time and how crisp it was sonically for him it, it how it was just like it was something that he'd never heard before you know as far as like hip-hop production went at that time and still like it's, it's a landmark and you know mm-hmm. it, and i look at that you know it's it's still like as far as like production goes you could probably put up 2001 as something that could compete with them the chronic as far as like his the production goes and it might might like the beats better on that end but this this here you know this pretty much you know set the stage for dr Dre to become like the, well, the mogul that he is today 2001 because dre definitely revolutionized production and the sound of production twice first with yeah. the chronic and then in 1999 with the chronic 2001 once again bringing rap into like the dolby digital hi-fi era of like mm-hmm. you know whatever you want to call it some people call you know will say oh it's just the loudness wars you know it's like uh, uh artificially sweetened music basically but you know that loud sterile like basically it's the to me like 2001 changed mixing forever 
in the way that people yeah. mixed their beats, mixed their records, and the, the how hard beats are supposed to knock after that comes out. This album is similar in the sense that it doesn't change the way music, you know, is mixed necessarily, but Dre's level of, uh, you know, just attention to detail in the production has always been there. And he elevated production even, you know, because as you said, Chris, he's he's almost remaking rap in his image. You it's know, kind of funny. It's kind of so dominated by like East Coast sounding beats. Yeah. That this is really like a total 180, even from, you know, if you listen to NWA and then you go and listen to The Chronic, there's definitely like he smoothed it out a lot. Mm-hmm. For sure. He and of did. Course like... We have the samples on here. Like, you know, as you were saying, Chris, you wanted to go listen to some of the the records that Dre used for this album. Like, yeah, so I've listened to a lot of P Funk. Um starting out like I it was like even before the idea came to my head um of um wanting to review these albums as well. Like I was just sitting down, just listening to a lot of Funkadelic and Parliament Records and and Mothership Connection, like that was what was the album that he used the majority of their, you know, songs on, especially for for Let Me Ride. It you know, mm-hmm. he he pretty much like Dre was critical in ushering G Funk into, you know, the rap lexicon. Uh with his you know, just sampling psychedelic funk records and just making it sound new. He's making it sound fresh and just giving rap, you know, uh, just a sound that, you know, that could you know, that people can party to. Like he made elite party music, you know, with the with the, um, the sounds that he used, and, and and he kept George Clinton's name alive, you know, like like for sure, like George Clinton, like he's a legend, he's an icon, and a lot of that is attributed to you know Dr. Dre's use of um you know his sounds in the early nineties, and, and West Coast I rap don't in general. Discount at this time. Keep in mm-hmm. mind. Uh, DJ Quick, way too funky. Comes oh, for out sure, yeah. Two or three months before the Chronic, so I'll, I'll give Quick his credit too in terms of revolutionizing uh, gangster rap and G funk and the sound of music in general yeah. coming out of the West Coast. So yeah, that, I know, was definitely Quick, talking like really West A, Coast in general. Bro. So yeah, like, Quick and Dre, like Quick and Dre, man, they are the biggest foundational elements for what West Coast rap would become over the next god 28 years and i still try to revisit stuff you know and i still learn new things just listening back to like quick and dre records now uh and and just listening to those samples and revisiting even those artists beforehand the records that they use and listen to the music then i'm like wow you know like this definitely you know what's the sound of like a generation and I don't know if we're going to get something like that again. Uh, you know, rap is constantly evolving. Music itself is, you know, is growing. But it's just special, you know, how they were able to use, you know, like an incredible time in the 70s and making it new once again, you know, with their records in the early 90s. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I, I On that note, I often wonder what of this era would be repurposed in the in the distant future if anything like i don't know what they would attempt to flip because i feel like a lot of so much modern music 
has settled into, you know, repurposing older things and like not even in like the novel way that like Dr. Ray was doing it back then. I feel like we've we've like, for example, we've completely pilfered the 90s, you know, Uh so like I feel like anybody sampling something from like 2017 is pretty much just going to be sampling the 90s, whether they realize it or not. You know, I, I mean, they're they're uh, running through. They're already running through like two thousands R and B and and a lot of like Miami bass records, are Miami records yeah. in general, and it, two short records now in the two thousands. Like you know, just go and play a sweetie song, and you will hear like something from P. Oh, Pablo. I mean, yeah, I just apparently <laughs> I just heard that she sampled something else. Like yeah, day, yeah, like, she just did. Um, yeah, blow the whistle. <laughs> Yeah. We're too short. Like, oh, like that's that's her that's her whole yes, that's her whole you know, that's gonna be her whole um aura so about her. Like she's, she's gonna drop a single lanes? she's gonna be she's just gonna drop a single a year. I don't think she's ever gonna have an album out. She's gonna drop a single a year and that single's gonna pop solely because it's a song that was from the mid two thousands that she's sampling. You know what? I think that's fine. Like a sing I wish yeah. more artists would just like drop just singles. <laughs> you know, especially yeah, in this yeah. era where we realize that like singles are the things you know they get they get tiktok eyes then you know meme to death it's like that's where the traction comes from some artists you know i think should just drop singles some artists want to make i feel like if you're a kind of artist who doesn't really care about an album or or, you know doesn't really think in an album sense why should you be forced to make an album i feel like if you're a good singles artist you should you should just put out singles yeah look at ot genesis pressured who's that OT Genesis, like he, he was oh, eating. Yeah, you know, years because of that. Right, exactly, exactly. Like you know, it's. But yeah, I does, feel uh, like does Red Cafe have an album yet? <laughs> uh, I don't think he. Will. <laughs> I'm, I'm not too I'm sure waiting. about I, that. I still got the promos. I still got the promos. I'm waiting. Him and Fam Lay. I need. I need an album from both of them. <laughs> yeah, you know. Um, but I no, you that. know, to, to your point, what's interesting is that, like, I would say, like, uh, 3-6 Mafia and Bone Thugs were the two biggest, most influential, like, 90s rappers of the last decade. And they were definitely not the biggest rappers of the 90s. So it mm-hmm. will be interesting to see, you know, in 20 years, you know, what are the rappers of 20 years from now going to be sampling, like, instead of... You know, will they be pulling their influence from like, I don't know, like Denzel Curry instead of Drake? I see. Who knows? You know, I, I, I can't tell what what the world be on these days. I, I try, I try to keep tabs, but it just you never. It's, know it's gonna be a lot of. Go. It's gonna be a lot of Playboy Cardi more than likely. Okay. You know, it's, uh, you know, it's funny you mention that because I thought like the way people talk about Cardi now is like as you know, like a, a, a trailblazer, like a pioneer. It's like, are people going to talk about Cardi the way, like, they talked about... Um, the way we're talking about Dre? Yeah, I guess, you know, it's just like... I, I feel like yeah, that's going like to be with, uh, for Travis Scott. Like, uh, like, the way that my nephews play his music is 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 is, 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 is mystifying to me. And I, I know that they're going to be looking at him like an icon um, for years to come. So I, I'm... Won't be surprised. I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing how the youth will look at the music of today and how they were feared going forward. Um, but I don't know. It, it's a mystery, man, because it's just so much. It really is so much, man. Like it's, it's constantly evolving. And now, like 
we got Griselda and Freddie Gibbs like at the top of the heat when it comes to rap now. And it's like it, everything is like revolving, even though it's evolving, like it still kind of moves in a circle too. Like things go back and history repeats yeah. itself from time to time. You know. Yeah, and there comes a point, and you know, I'm I'm in my 30s now, where it starts to feel like a rerun of the of a show I used to watch when I was younger. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's harder and harder to find like unique and original voices out there, but it's kind of like Chris. Think of it like this: they gave Kevin Owens the Stone Cold Stunner. Yeah. So he's <laughs> supposed to be the new Stone Cold, and they gave uh, they gave they Seth gave, Rollins the pedigree. Yeah, they gave because yeah. he's the new Triple H. Yeah. But at the end of the day, I lived through Triple H already. I lived through Stone Cold. So to go through it again, it's not that I don't like those guys, but I recognize that like the next wave of people are being marketed to basically. And I'm, you know, in that sense, like they don't want my money anymore. Yeah, They're going it, after it, the, the, the new me. Yeah. AEW is giving us TNA 2005. So, I mean, I lived through it already myself. <laughs> and yet, here we are. Talk you know. to him. Talk to him. That's called motherfucking <laughs> bars, nigga. You know nothing about that. <laughs> Can we get Kevin Gates before we go? Oh, you know we got listen. Yeah, this has been a fruitful conversation. We got to celebrate. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I love it. I love it. But, you know, uh, yeah, this was, this was great having you here. I'm glad um, that, that we were able to get you on here for this song. And yeah, you're more than welcome to come back. Thanks, uh, guys, man. You know, whenever you want, really. is open door here. Uh, but before we go, we just want to know, you got anything you want to plug? You got any shout outs? You know, the floor is yours. Uh, not much. Um, I would say just, uh, thank you guys for having me here. Uh, I'm just glad I'll be able to, you know, re- re- you know, just wind down, you know, cause the time that we're in right now, it's good to just, you know, have some time to just talk about rap and take my mind off of things and be yeah. able to, you know, relax and you know have some fun so this is cool um you know for those that are unfamiliar with me you can follow me on twitter which is rappers or actors rappers capital r actors uh uh i i do write but i'm currently on a hiatus at this moment so you know at this at this time i'm just potting you know just to be able to get my thoughts out and and i'll see what goes from there but yeah, there's not not much at this moment, but uh, shout out to uh, uh, I would say shout out to Apollo Cruz. You know, uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, the, new, the new United States champion. Yeah, the U.S. champ. You know, he's he's holding it down. You know, you know, holding his country down right now. Uh, I'll also say shout out to uh, you know Yuji Nagata, man. You know, he him and Minoru Suzuki. You know, still putting out bangers at their old age. So you know. <laughs> That's all good, man. So, you know, it's all, you know, I'm just happy with that, man. And I would say, you know, shout out to Kyrie Irving, too, man, you know, for trying to hold it down, bro. So, shout out to Kyrie, man. I got one last question for you. Yes, sir. Did Randy Orton and Edge have the greatest wrestling match of all time? Not all time, but they damn sure had probably the best match this year. Nice. My God. Yeah. See, I have to watch it still. I, I mean, it still, but, it, uh, it, listen, if you, you know? just just have forty five minutes of your time free, and you will have you know it'll be a treat, man. Yeah. Okay. I'm, I'm gonna check the, it out. The evolution of Randy Orton continues, folks. Yes. Yes. Um, he's having I, an MVP I, year, I, man. 
Uh, he really is. I think he's he's one of my favorite wrestlers um, of this year. Like he's Bro, just he's even getting incredible. he's even getting off his bullshit a little bit. Which yeah, is nice to see. He's just, he's I mean he's forty now, but he's growing up. He's forty, but he's finally there, man. <laughs> well, listen, Jay Z was forty four four, and he grew up. So that's yeah, you know. Hey, and, and, and to y'all out there, you know, Jay Cole, he may be thirty five, but he's growing up still too. He doesn't know. What he, <laughs> he doesn't know what he did wrong. Okay, he's got nine years to figure it out. Yeah, I four mean, four, man. You know, just sit, man. I mean, like you know, you always learning, man. Learning never stops, bro. That that's. I mean, I got to take that in that perspective. You know, I'm like, but still, yeah, at 35 yeah. years old, you got a degree from St. John's, man. You should know better, my nigga. <laughs> well, yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah, that that was gonna be my next point. Don't don't just because don't just because you got time your whole life to learn. Don't be willfully uh, uh, not learning. Don't be willfully <laughs> old because we can't we can't do that right now. Black, black women are dying. At forty four, all you gotta say is I apologize, and it'll uh, you'll get a That's Grammy. It. Da, 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 da. <laughs> We love you for it. But Chris, thanks again for joining us. Appreciate it, man. Thank you again, guys. Thank you, man. Yeah, and, uh, we'd love to have you back again right here on Rap Rankings. Whew. And we're back. What a pleasure. What a pleasure. Uh, what a pleasure. Shout out to Chris. You know, I, I, I must admit, man, as, as I was talking about the song and thinking about it this might go up i might i might come back and be like i was effing tripping and bring it up from a seven plus to an eight minus because the, oh, the look, beat is everyone, just so great look, everyone look at mr me too he wants to do eight minus now as well well i was just thinking you know i was just thinking like i listened to it again after we did the review and i was like you know we'll save it for your big purge of fucking trippings next week well, yeah, okay. Well, yeah. For, for to be clear, folks, so we usually do these guest spots before we do the entire review. You know, so almost like, always, almost always, because um, we wouldn't have we you like what, what were we like two hours in? We wouldn't want to have like the guests sitting around waiting on us to get to the track. We did that you know, once. So. Uh, sorry, Justin, but we'll never do that again. <laughs> yeah, you know. Um, but yeah, shout out to to Chris. Uh, you you can find him where you can find him, as he stated. But uh, listen, right now. It would be appropriate for me to play this. Oh shit! They're shooting because we got track eight, a nigga with a gun. Um, seven plus. Straight seven for me. Okay. okay uh, yeah. This is produced by Dr. Dre and also Katice Buckingham on a flute. Oh, okay. And can I tell Katice you, I, Buckingham? Huh? Katice, yes, and. Uh, my note here, uh, I gotta say, I popped myself. Okay. I wrote, the beat sounds like Gangsta, a Tribe Called Quest with all that upright bass. Uh, you know what's funny? It says, uh, during the making of The Chronic, Dr. Dre drew some inspiration from the jazzy sounds of A Tribe Called Quest 1991 sophomore album, The Low End Theory, which can be found on this track as he samples jazz musician Johnny Hammond Smith's Big Sur Suite along with the sample of the drums from Houdini's Friends and vocals from the KG's Who's the Man, parentheses, Who's with the, man, the master plan. The master plan. For the chorus. Um, um, yeah, man. Uh, I recognize, this, I knew I knew those drums were familiar. I love it, the drums on here, by the way. It's so interesting because, I mean, I like this sounded like 
gangster rap tribe called Quest. So, like the beat, everything. The, <laughs> just like, yeah, that pluck, <laughs> like the plucky <laughs> upright bass. <laughs> it's great. Yeah, it's um, great. I love the beat. The beat is really, um, the beat is really dope. And also just like how the samples are employed, like that KG sample. Oh yeah, and there's like this like whistling wind instrument that's like panned around from left to right mm-hmm. in here. Uh, that that's great. Like I picked up on that in probably like my third listen. You know, it's like um, yeah, I love the I love uh how like in the start of the third verse, like the drums drop out and you just hear that doom doom just just the bass and then it oh, comes back in. Yeah, just yeah, it's, again like just the way that these samples are arranged layered yeah the way the beats are put together i mean it's almost flawless from a production standpoint i think this album. The, the album still slaps bro it just it does <laughs> it still slaps oh you brought um, it in the car huh yeah yeah brother yeah i had to put it in the, of course i wasn't in the car you know um now what's interesting dre says in, in his verse he says the name is dre eastwood when i'm packing the gun i'm like oh wait, wait now he's eastwood I'm like, they really like this Eastwood. And I'm like, you know what? They need to stop appealing to the white man. All right? We need to we need to be like Django or something. You feel me? Listen, Eastwood's good. We got the good, the bad, and the ugly. We got the mule. The mule. Oh, that, that's a good that's a good movie. I got yeah, everything in between. We love that man. I mean, we yeah. don't like we don't like some of the things he he will do. I mean, <laughs> listen, he made the he made the fucking uh, four seasons. He made the Frankie Valley, uh, Jersey Boys. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. I love Eastwood. He's just a little, um, you know, he's a little, uh, you know, he's a little kooky. Well, listen, who's the man with the master plan? Uh, Apparently, uh, Dr. Dre and his uh, and his troop of uh, performers that he's brought along with him. Because <laughs> troop of performers. I have to say, I'm still smoking the chronic. Still smoking the chronic. Keep smoking that chronic. We're going to keep still smoking it. it. Um, you know, the line though of the whole song that stood out to me. I don't know if you know what I'm gonna say here. Um, any guesses? No, just just tell me. Okay. I don't like playing games. I'm 33 years old. <laughs> he says, and if you die, you a buster, because real niggas don't die. <laughs> and I just said, Wow, everybody in history that has died is a buster. Oh, you wanted me to repeat that line? <laughs> I tried to trap him, y'all. I tried to get moves. To, 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 I, try, I tried. I tried to get him off the show. I, I tried. But he caught on to me. But uh, yeah, look, Dr. Dre said this. I don't make the rules. Dre makes the rules, apparently. Every, look, breaking news. Everybody in history that has ever died is a buster. If you die, you a buster. I don't know what else to tell you. Yeah. Gandhi, you a buster. MLK, you a buster. We already knew Hitler was a buster. Uh... Actually, we now know Gandhi was a buster. Lots sure. of busters. Everybody, everybody who's ever died is a buster. That shit's great to me. <laughs> that shit is great to me. Um, That's the best buster, and, uh, and, <laughs> and let's hope he never fucking dies. Yeah, you know? Maybe Actually, that would be pretty that. creepy, but let's hope he lives a long life. Yeah, you know? Um, so, yeah, listen. The, the, the violence is here, but, you know, this is a violent album. And if you don't if you don't know that by now, I, I don't know why you're still listening. If seven you plus. don't know that by now. Oh right. God. Uh yeah. But the music really carries this one for me. Um yeah, seven plus for me, seven for you. 
Now we got this. Drinking uh, soda, taking a sip of soda, and then taking a sip of water really highlights how fucked up soda is as a beverage. <laughs> what a non sequitur! But I agree. Not really. We're smoking the chronic, so I need to uh, wet my whistle. No, so right, right. You don't want we don't that get cotton, that mouth. cotton mouth. Yeah, yeah, that would be bad. Um, well, let me tell you, we got a uh, track nine. Rat tat tat tat. Uh. It, it features RBX, uh, Snoop Doggy Dog, and BJ, and it's produced by Daz Dillinger and Colin Wolf. Okay, yeah, I, right. I give it a seven. Dr. Minus. Dre didn't uh, he didn't touch this one. It's just well, listen. At Wikipedia, why they said all songs produced by Dr. Dre? Well, well Wikipedia Daz Dillinger is uh, edited by the same people, kind of people who do this show. You know what? I don't be editing that site. I let them do all them goofball edits. Fools. Now, listen. I'm still smoking the chronic, guys. I give the song a 7 minus, though. Oh, it's okay. It's about 7. So is is the potency wearing off? Here's the thing about uh, the chronic, right? Can't smoke it forever. (laughs) At a certain point, (laughs) it's going to, you know, you're going to reach the end. So... Um, right now I'm still smoking it, so let's not get into that. But well, I, yeah. It, how do you first off? How do you feel about like it opens with this? Uh, was it like a Willie Hutch sample? Well, here's the thing. Here's what's interesting. It comes on, and I'm like, I recognize this. It's oh, the it's same been, sample. It's been sampled numerous times. Okay. Well, yeah, I, I wouldn't doubt that. But where I knew it from is the the Chance the Rapper song Lost. That's where I, I remembered it. Um, now the movies, the, that's the, the movie is the Mac, which uh, yes. had Richard Pryor in it. Um, yes. and they're saying and you the really Mac don't is scored by Willie Hutch, right? You know, um, he's like, you really don't understand, do you? Hey, man, don't you realize in order for us to make this thing work, man, we got to get rid of the pimps and the pushes and the prostitutes and then start all over again, clean. Doctor Dre cuts this off. I'm thinking this is going to be the sample. And Dr. Dre says, nigga, is you crazy? Once again, the mighty death row organization committing mass murder. (laughs) And we ain't asking for this shit. That is not the sample that you hear on the actual beat. It's almost used for comedic effect. Right. You know? Um, Oh, wait. No, RBX says this, not Dre. RBX says this. But it's it's used to juxtapose what the actual beat is, which is a lot more... Uh, it's somewhat in the vein of like the last track. Yeah. And I'll say this, I was kind of bummed out because I was like, you know, this is what I wrote in my notes. I wrote, Oh, y'all ain't with the piece at all. Like I, I I was swerved. I thought we were going to switch it up. And I wrote the violence continues dot, 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 but to less effect. I would have liked if they went the route of the intro sample, they proved they can do it with little ghetto boy. You know? So, like, I, w- I would have been cool with the original I sample that, that starts the song. I agree with your assessment. I just feel like, especially coming after the last song, very uh-huh. similar in subject matter. And yeah. um, I'm not saying that I'm looking for a tonal shift again on this album. But I do feel, to a certain extent, its uh, potency is slightly lessened here. Yeah, absolutely. That's how I feel. I mean, even in the outro of this song, Snoop is like straight up. Now you niggas know where my homie coming from. So quit the chit chat before you find yourself flat on your bizzack, fool. And I'm like, 
now we know we've been new. <laughs> like, it's been violent the whole album. You know? This isn't news to me. Um, I originally gave this a 6+, plus, but then I realized, like, although I wish they would have kept, like, the intro sample, like, I was... I was I, th- I think that added to the song and kept it spicy, you know, so to speak. Um, I started involuntarily, like, humming the hook. I started feeling it. Um, and I was like, you know what? Seven minus. Like, I like this. This is, I like this. It's it, I, the the cusp of liking it. I like it. Um, I'm yeah, not it's, really it's sure. Okay to me. Um, yeah, you know, like. Colin Wolf said uh, Daz was trying to get into the creative mix. So he started to come into the studio with ideas. And towards the latter half of the record, Daz did do the drums on this song. Dre found the instrumental break, and I played bass and guitar along with it. Um, so yeah, Daz is, uh, he's on drum programming and arrangement here. Um, this is cool. I mean, I, I, I think it's fine. It fits with the record, but it's kind of like a filler track. I enjoy it, but just barely. The hook has like the same cadence as that one song. Like, cause it's one, eight, seven on a, cause he's like, you know, and I never hesitate to put a girl on his back. Like same, same sort of thing. Um, I, I look, I know I'm like the guy on the show that does this, but when I hear something, I gotta, I gotta ask questions. The line that jumped out to me, uh, I think Dre said like Luther Vandross, I'm fucking up the West coast. And I was like, wait, what did Luther do? Like, what, what is yeah, this I'm referring curious to? about that also? What is the deal with that? And and you know I tried to I tried to check this uh this blasted genius and uh they've got nothing they've got nothing for me so Where's I don't know who Luther mm-hmm. let's see Luther Luther Vandross um he is from god dang uh he's from Manhattan well, he was born in Manhattan he died in New Jersey. <laughs> So guess, the, he's from the East Coast. Man, what so, are you talking about, Dre? So how did he mess up the West? Maybe he messed up the West Coast because like he was so good that the West Coast artists didn't get any shine. I don't know. We're left Anyone, to speculate. We have a contact form on our website. Let us know. Let us know what 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 Luther Vandross did to uh, fuck up the West Coast. <laughs> so yeah, uh, yeah. But I give that I give this thing a seven minus. You know? I'm still listen. Ultimately. I'm fine with the song. I I like it just barely, but I do. Um, I'm I'm still smoking the chronic at the end of the day. Nice. Well, uh, uh, let me tell you. Um, so, yeah, I I just I was just okay. Track, track 10. ten, the twenty dollars sack pyramid. The twenty sack pyramid, twenty twenty dollars. The dub. So here's the thing, it's a skit. I like it. I give it a flat seven. Okay. Now I'm interested. What what what? You're gonna have. It's a show. You're gonna have to tell. But I was especially interested after hearing it. I'm like, I wonder what Mules thinks of this. What do okay. you give the twenty dollar sack pyramid? I give it a six plus. Okay. Okay. That's about it's about what I was expecting. All right. Number one, Complex Magazine named this the number one greatest rap skit of all time. But what's hilarious is they acknowledge the fact that it's inspired by the 
game show skits in the album uh, Three Feet High and Rising by De La Soul, which came out five years before this album. So um, I just think that those skits are played to greater effect on the De La album. So I don't know how a skit that was basically quote-unquote inspired by a skit from five years ago is the number one skit of all time. But I'm not here to argue with Well, you know them crackers don't ever want to give recognition to the positive brother. All right, there we go. Thank you. So (laughs) all I got to say about the $20 sack pyramid is it's a good ripoff of the De La Soul. Um, It's like definitely raunchier. You know, of course, I do think it's like well produced and arranged and like performed. But for me, I don't think like, I don't know. I don't think I don't see its utility on this album. This is not I mean, the thing about De La Soul is their albums have a lot of skits. They're kind of known for their skits. I don't think the skit is needed right here on this album. Like, I don't need the 20 sack pyramid like. I don't know. It's slightly derivative, but well executed. And it just kind of breaks up the flow of everything for me because it's the first thing that I'm given a six plus. Like everything was where I was smoking the chronic, man. I was smoking the chronic. I was smoking the chronic. I was smoking it. I was smoking it. And now it went out. And it won't go back. <laughs> I can't relight it. I can't oh, relight man. the I, I'll say this. I didn't know it came from the Tribe Called Quest. So like, no, 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 De La Soul, bro. Or sorry, sorry. I get, I get all the positive brothers mixed up, you know. Uh, yeah, I, I, I think Listen, it I is if, funny. I bet if Dennis Graham was sampled on that album, you know about it. <laughs> kind of crazy. Yeah, but uh, I, I give it a flat seven. I, I thought it was funny, which is what I'm it was not mad to be. at that, bro. I'm so not mad at that. But bro, best skit of all time, seriously. I mean, I don't know idiots. about that. I mean, I gotta like listen. I, I, I don't want to contribute to that conversation because I, I I've heard many skits. I would have to really sit and think about it. But nah, Big Sean is an old man's better than this. <laughs> I love Big Sean as an old man. Bad album, but I love the intro to that album. Um, yeah, listen, I, I cracked up when they got saying, I'm in the money. <laughs> I'm in the money. <laughs> I thought that was great. Uh, I thought the setups, like the questions they were asking were funny. Of course, raunchy, but hilarious. Uh, I thought I thought it was funny. And I think it matched, the raunchiness matched the rest of the album. I think the humor was, it was invited. It was cool. It was, it was fine. Um, yeah, but that's that's all I really got to say about it. If, if if someone doesn't find it funny, I understand. Or if they feel like it wasn't needed, I understand. So like, I, I understand the six plus. I don't even find it funny. I think at points I do find this thing funny. And like I said, I think it's well produced. I think it's well yeah. put together. I think it's a good ripoff of something that's better than it. But right, um, that's not even the reason why. Like, bro, there's plenty of things that are like, dude, this album. You know, like if I was really being that much of like a purist about it, like. I would only listen to this and DJ Quick way too funky and be like, that's it. That's the only G-Funk I listen to. The originals. Right. The only ones who did it. Everyone else who did it was just copying this. Like, so I'm not saying just because something is inspired. I like the last song that was inspired by Tribe Called Quest. Yeah. But, um, yeah. Eh, whatever. Okay. Well, uh, so here's what's interesting. This next track, track 11, Lyrical Gang Bang, uh, featuring, let me see, I think Lady of Rage. Yep. 
uh, is Daz on here? No, I mean, corrupt is and Corru- RBX. Okay, it's corrupt. Lady Daz Rays is and actually uh, he co-produced this with Dr. Dre, as well as Colin Wolf, Chris Claremont, and Eric Border, who all three of those guys are on guitar. Okay, um, I give it a flat seven. Okay, I give it a flat six. I'm still not smoking okay. the chronic anymore. Now, here's what's interesting. Um, this was a six for me for like my first couple listens. And then it went up to a seven. And I'll, I'll get to why. Um, well, let's start at the top. They're like, this should be played at high volume, preferably in a residential area. So I was like, oh, bet. Say less, as they say. Mel rolled and windows down. I'm he sure went you've to heard Dunlap, it now Illinois. on so many like mixtapes and records but i think this might have been the first time it was ever used right well i think it does work at high volume i don't know if it it, it should be but I, it works you know i so i went i went to a residential area i went to dunlap illinois i drove about two miles an hour i scared the white folks you know so here's what got me that i, re- I realized i liked about this um the beat for starting with the beat um, so I was really interesting because it's literally, that's why I gave it a six. I don't mind the rapping at all on here. I think lady of rage actually has a good, perf- like the standout performance, but I do not like this beat at all. It's the worst beat on the album for me. It's the wow. most basic sounding beat for me. Yeah. I'm just like, brum, brum, brum. Well, see, here's like, I just, I'm not li- like, to me, I it think almost it's a sounds good like some run DMC like this- type shit. Well, I think uh, what was the song um, that I think I think uh, the day the niggas took over sounds like a Run DMC type of beat. Too you fast, know? or no? Was it was it no? Maybe not the day the niggas took over. I'm thinking of uh, sorry. Uh, what's the one with the Houdini sample? They were saying. Uh, I think it's a nigga with a gun. One one of the, one of the nigga songs. <laughs> Yeah, lyrical gangbang. You got this. So I was reading about this beat because I think it, it's. I understand like it's not as fleshed out as everything else, but I think, you know, with it being sort of like a cipher type of song, it makes sense. And as I was reading about it, Colin Wolf was talking about the track. He said a friend and I brought a Zeppelin record uh, when the levee breaks up to the studio for Dre to check out. He dug it and did his thing with the drums for lyrical gangbang. We listened to it and I did the synth melody. So. The drums are one thing, but real, what really gets me is this uh, this sample of the song "Damn" by the Nightlighters. It's like the it's like the little stabbing noise you hear throughout the beat. Yeah. That like it just it really got in me. I just I liked it. Um, and I don't when like I really, this beat at all. That's my biggest issue with the song. Wow. Well, look as as you know, it's okay to be wrong. <laughs> but <laughs> this is. Once I realized I liked the beat, I was able to lock because, you know, this, you, you know, pretty much my philosophy I realized with music is it starts with the music. You know, it's so much harder. You could spit the verse of all time, like the the the, the, the greatest verse ever. Mm-hmm. And if the beat sucks, it's going to be hard for me to get into it. Whereas many times you can see like a lackluster lyrical performance be carried by a great piece of music. You know, is that um, what you think is happening here? Well, well, no, listen, I'm not saying it's the greatest piece of music, but what what was able to get me over the hump is realizing that I actually do like the beat. Because at first, like you're saying, the beat doesn't stand out nearly as much as anything you heard prior. It's to just it. so simple. But, I mean, it's so basic. Like, it's just it sounds so stripped down compared to everything else. 
it, it is, but the the elements that are there, I realize I like quite a bit. Um, and once I realized I liked that, then I was able to lock in more with what was being said. And I'll say this, that was one of the, that's the other thing that was holding me back. You know, you got a song called Lyrical Gangbang. And I wrote in my notes, knowing how much more lyrical things would actually get, you know, in hip hop. I think this song is a victim of the passage of time and just evolution, you know, but that isn't to say they aren't saying anything. You know, it's not as for a song called Lyrical Gangbang, you would think it'd be more lyrical, but I think it actually is fine for what it is. And, and, you know, there's something in everyone's verse that, that I took away. Um, so starting with Lady of Rage, uh, the, the sequence I like best from her is, you know, rattle that brain. I'm not the same old plain Jane. Roll on you like a boulder. You're nothing more than a grain or a pebble. Take it from the real rap rebel, not Bushwick Bill, but I could take it to that other level. You know, by the way, Lady of Rage, great rap name, by the way. I've always thought so. At least. Well, yeah. And I'm I think like- also her delivery backs up her name. She comes in with a lot of enthusiasm and energy and aggression. Yeah. And unfortunately... I just I'm not into this one musically, and that's a problem for me. I understand that. I understand that. Yeah, because like, listen, I I didn't think I liked the beat the first couple of times I heard it, and then suddenly it clicked with me. I just I liked it. Um, maybe maybe it will click with me at some point. Yeah. I'm um, not smoking the chronic right now. <laughs> I like the end of the verse is do what I must, and what I must is bust a bubble or two, some trouble for you. So skip to my luger, lady of rage is coming through. Nice nice wordplay there. Um, now here's the thing. I, when the first time I listened to this album, I messaged you, I DM'd you. And at this, at this point, I still thought the song was a six plus, you know, but bro corrupt says, I kid you not to me, one of the greatest bars of all time. (laughs) Okay. One of the greatest bars of all time. And also one of the funniest things I've ever heard in my life. Oh, irony Mel is back in the house. No, this is not irony mail. I think this is just funny. It's just funny. It is funny. And no disrespect to the heavier community. But when Corrupt says... This motherfucker just called them the heavier community. Listen, I don't know what I'm supposed to refer to them as. All right? I don't don't get the newsletter. I don't subscribe. but, But no disrespect meant. But Corrupt says, I'm living large like a fat bitch. Bro, almost crashed. It's it's so simple, but it's it's hilarious to me. <laughs> like, bro, come on! I'm living large, bro. I had to pull over. I had to pull over. I it cracked me up. It cracked me up for like this a good, one of good two minutes. Rap lines of all time. Of all is? time. Of all time to me. I pulled over and I'm just like, yo, that is hilarious. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's funny. Um. But that's about the only thing that stands out in that verse for him, for me. It's not a bad verse. It's just, you know, it's, it's, it's a verse. It's a rap verse. Uh, it ends with, yo, I break some off. I break some off, chief. Deadly as Jason on Friday the 13th. I'm like, oh, you know. Uh, what's what's wow. the... Uh, well, when Big Daddy well, Kane said, <laughs> Friday the 13th, I'm going to play Jason. I'm not sure that is what he had in mind. <laughs> Folks, you gotta know that's a that's a mules and mail cut that you know maybe we'll explain one day, but 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 yeah, you know you gotta re- gotta always refer to that. Big maybe Daddy when we Kane. review Big Daddy Kane, Long Live the Kane, we'll, we'll yeah, explain. that's when we'll get into it. But um, 
Just like we'll talk about D Barnes on the Eminem Slim Shady LP episode. So stop asking why we ignored that that situation on this episode. Right. Um, and I think though my my favorite verse on here is from RBX. His flow was nuts. He was dancing on this thing. I really loved his verse. It was just like it was so light and and just like he was he was he was he was he was just. It was like ballet on the beat, bro. Dude, I like everyone's verse on here. I just don't enjoy the beat. Okay. Yeah, look, like I said, like I said, I thought I didn't, but it eventually I realized I liked it. And you got you got RBX sliding on here. Um again, scaring the white folks. You know. Uh back talking when, about black soldiers here to teach and motion. Yeah. Back when, when it was dangerous, you know. But um yeah, you know, I ended up really like you know I like this. Everyone had a, had a good a, a decent to good performance, and I and I do like the beat. So, um, would you give this a flat six? Yeah, just a six. Okay, I gave it a flat I'm seven. Not, I'm not smoking the chronic right now. Well, let me tell you something, man. The uh, I'll be joining you because the the light just went out, bro. It 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 did the blunt. It, it it died. I was I was down to the roach. And uh, I'm not talking about the track that's coming up, but uh, it just went out, just went out for me uh, because we got this track 12 high powered and uh, I'm, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not high powered. I give it a flat six. Well, you know what that makes you? What's that? Someone who's eating pussy like it tastes like a spoiled plum. <laughs> <laughs> I just skip ahead. I wrote in my notes. Is this where high power comes from? Probably. probably is probably somewhat inspired by it i don't know um but yeah what what do you give this thing i give it a six plus but it's the closest song on here that got less than a seven that would possibly go to a seven i'll explain okay. why uh, well, there's just one thing about this track that i love so much that makes me wish it was like more of like an actual song because my issue is, um, by the way, this is just produced by Dr. Dre. Um, okay. It's just no co-productions on this one. I love the beat, but this isn't really like a song, you know, it's kind of an interlude with a, with like some rapping on it. Yeah. It's, it's one verse from RBX. And I love how RBX comes on the track. So like, you're, t- you're talking about that uh, that daggone seven execution style murders. Yeah, and it's, then he, it's, it leads up to that bomb. Yeah, but I drop bombs like Hiroshima. I wrote in my notes. It scared. Uh, it scared me. Haven't I you ever heard his, of a I killer? Love how he comes on the track. <laughs> I wish you know? it was more of a song. I'm just kind of. Like it's 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 cool for what it is, I guess. Yeah, but, I mean, I, I I wrote it's it's more of the same violence. It's only one verse. I feel like it's always. I really just wish it was fleshed out more. Okay. I like it. I just wish it was fleshed out more. It kind of comes and goes before you really even can sink your teeth into it. Like, and other than those opening bars from RBX, like, I don't know. It just it feels. The reason I give it a six plus right now, even though that could change, it's just it feels somewhat like unsubstantial. Well, it is. It's like 
I, I think it's unnecessary. It didn't need to be here. Um, and it's funny. I think I feel the way the way about the music that you felt about the previous track. Um, I don't hate it, but I think it's a little, you know, here, here's the thing. So Dre, he has like this extended intro. He comes in, he says, yo, 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 what's up? Yo, man, give me some of that old gangsta ass shit. You know what I'm saying? Some shit I can just kick back, smoke a fat ass joint to. You know what I'm saying? Haha, <laughs> hell yeah. You know what I'm talking about? I like that old gangsta shit. Cause you know, it's a lot of niggas out there woofing all that bullshit, talking about they got this and got that, talking louder than a motherfucker, but ain't saying shit. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, nigga, I see your lips quivering, but you ain't saying a motherfucking thing. But my niggas, I got my niggas in the motherfucking house and they gonna tell you what's really going on. Got my motherfucking nigga RBX definitely in this motherfucker. I got my nigga Daz in this motherfucker ready to kick some real shit. Know what I'm saying? Yeah, nothing. You know, just but hold on. This, this is, this is, but here's the thing though. He's saying all this, and I'm like, this beat doesn't make me want to smoke a, a, what do you say, a fat ass joint? Not that I smoke anyway, but this beat's kind of making me nervous. We got the West Coast scent, but it's a little too sustained, and it's making me anxious. It's like it never stops. It's just like, it keeps going. And the beat's like, it's slow, but because of the sustained thing, it makes me want to run. It's like, I wouldn't want to kick back and smoke to this. It's making me antsy. And what what kills me is he says at the very end of this, he's like, and that little shit you hear in the background, that's my homegirl rage. And I'm listening and I'm like, the 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 the, the lady that's 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 whispering like Quan Chi sorcerer spells, like freaking goosebumps, the night of terror towers, stone incantations and enchantments. That's the same lady of rage from Lyrical Gangbang. Why you got her back here whispering voodoo mumblings? You know? And it's making me nervous. Now I'm just anxious. We got this synth. We got race. In the background, I'm scared. I'm scared. I want it to end. And thankfully it does. It's only one verse. To me, I I like the beat. I wish it was like an actual song with Lady of Rage actually doing a verse. And, you know, just I, I wish we had more of it, but we don't. That's the problem. And it takes too long to get going. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's what it is. I mean, to be, to be frank, the, the whispering doesn't, doesn't scare me that much I, I, to, to, to a degree. Um, to a degree, I like it. I just think it would have been nice if she had a verse, if this is a full song, you know, and cause I really, again, I like the beat and I like how RBX approached the beat, his delivery on there vocal inflections you know i enjoyed that but like just because i enjoy a part of a song i feel like is not reason enough to just give it a seven it needs to be more than just you know oh i like how he approached that okay just doesn't feel like a full song to me i'm not smoking chronic right now Uh, i don't know what happened (laughs) well you know you got you, you got used to it you know Maybe you need a higher dosage or maybe you need to switch to a different strain. But your body has uh, become accustomed. And uh, maybe that's why you need to take a trip to track 13, the doctor's office. Uh, Listen, you came in there thinking you were going to you were going to tell him the strain that you were you prescribed wasn't really working. 
for you anymore, but uh, you saw some some illicit things in there. This this doctor may not may not be uh, qualified. Thing, these are things like things I can't see. <laughs> so <laughs> six plus for me on this. I can't, I can't see. I can't see. Uh, I can't see these things go down in the doctor's office. This guy could lose his medical practice. Everything. You lose everything. Well, look, if you look the other way, you're complicit. You, you need to talk about this. All right, listen. I was at the doctor's office. <laughs> and listen, I don't think this guy's a medical doctor. I think he's a sex doctor. Um, <laughs> yeah. He's fucking his patients. Um... His, he he is he is and I I'll, I'll say I heard this. it with my own two ears. What what do you what do you uh, give this thing? I give it a six minus. Okay, uh, so we both gave it sixes. You give six yeah, minus. Yeah, but I, I think the pyramid's a little better than this. I think it's a little better arrangement. Well, it's a lot better than this. And and it, it, here's here's the only thing before I get into what you know. What is working? The plus is here on the six. If you're wondering why, because I applaud the acting. And the sound design. The production value was high. Now, that's about the only thing working here for me. Because, listen, I'm listening to this thing, and I got the I got the Dame Dash face when he was doing that radio interview. You know? <laughs> I'm just like, you know, and I'm hearing this, and I'm like, first of all, there's no way that's comfortable. This just sounds violent. It's violent as the rest of the album. And, you know, I'm thinking, like, we get to the end of this skit. I'm trying to not be too explicit here. And I wrote in my notes... Did this man just have an orgasm in my ear? You know, like I, I, I can't, I can't be doing this. I can't be, I can't be riding around with this. I can't be listening to this in my bed. Like I see, you know, like I, <laughs> I see what this is. Like you're cool, you have sex, but uh, I'm good. I'm good on this. I'm, I'm actually concerned that they weren't acting. It, they might have actually been doing it in the booth. I don't know. I was afraid to go look up this information. Um. He ends, Dr. Dre, ends in more ways than one. And he says, damn, you good. And I just think of this uh, this video that's been on the internet where these dude, two, two dudes are like fighting, it seems, at school in a bathroom and the dude gets pieced up at the end. But then he daps the dude up and he's like, so I'm like, all right, there's no way the song's getting over for me because it just reminds me of that funny video. And plus, it just sounds violent and it's nasty and it's six plus, you know? That's that's all I can do here. Hello? Yeah, yeah, hello? Yeah, I'm back. Okay, yeah, I, I, I was done. I was done. I laid out my case. It's just, yeah. We, 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 uh, we, we can move on, honestly. Okay. Okay, well, uh, Track 14, folks, we are now stranded on death row. Uh, But we're not alone. We're not stranded alone. We're here, of course, with Dr. Dre. uh, But we also have Bushwick Bill, RBX, The Lady of Rage, Corrupt, and Snoop Dogg. Um, Here's the thing. Uh, I give this a six plus. I do, too. Okay. I was I'm really still, struggling with this. I I'm was not. I'm not smoking the chronic. Unfortunately, I'm not. I'm not either. You know, I was. I was really like, is this a seven minus? Is this? Uh, here's here's the thing. So, too much going on on this one. There's too many people. Like too many heads in the cipher. You know what I mean? 
Well, I mean, we got four heads in the side. They, they're yeah, they're but, stranded. But they're on the death row, bro. I got to tell you, when the best part of the song is the non-wrapped intro by Bushwick Bill, we got problems. Oh, man. That's, a, that, that's what you think? I do. I think he sets the tone for something that doesn't, he doesn't, like, I feel like he sets up something that we didn't get. You know, um, yeah, I, my note well, on this is sad too. My note is, is just, eh. Well, I, I don't think Bushwick Bill was the best part. I think it was kind of useless for him to be on here. It's just, well, yes, it is I, says me. It's like, man, get out of here. What are you it's talking cool. about? It's cool. We don't want to hear creepy. this on death row. He's we're on, on death row. We could die. No, we're standing on death row. This guy, listen. He knows because he's. Bro, uh, I, he would get choked out in the cells yeah. talking his nonsense. Everybody worried about dying. Well, they love Bushwick Bill. And talking, yes, it is I, says me. And all who agree are more than three because they're we. <laughs> like, bro, you're going to get your head smashed against the bars talking this. I love it. Shakespearean nonsense. R.I.P. R.I.P. to Bushwick Bill. But, oh, uh, is, he, is, he, is he deceased? Well, yeah, he's no longer with us. Um, okay, well, um, I, I'll say this. So I've ranked. The different the different cell blocks they all end their verses by by saying what cell block they're in my mm-hmm. favorite verse is rbx from cell block two. Second would be snoop from cell block four um lady of rage i can't tell if she says cell block they say h but I, i'm thinking the rest of them have numbers so i'm thinking it's eight so well, cell no, maybe, block it's, eight, maybe it's a eight. women's prison maybe it's a different oh, right, right 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 so she would be letters instead of number okay Perhaps, cell block h it's either H or eight and corrupt my least favorite, but he's fine. Cell block one. Um, I gotta I'll be honest this. with you. Nobody stood out for me on this one. And I thought everyone's performance really? was, was slightly no lackluster. You no, gotta pick. Really. Like, listen, I had to rank him. It's like, you, you, you know, ugh, get out of here. You, you know, those memes, like, it's like, like sit at, like pick your lunch table to sit at. All That's right, what fine. I felt like. Pick Snoop your dog. cell block. Pick Snoop your dog. cell block. Okay. Snoop of course dog. you pick Snoop. Think- Snoop's fine. He's yeah, my second because pick. Snoop Dogg's in my top five favorite rappers of all time. But I just honestly, like, I don't know, man. Uh, there's some there's some moments on here, but I don't, I just, I can't get into this one. And it's not even the music. I like the music here. I like the music. I like how Bushwick Bill set things off. But I just felt like it's kind of uh, disorienting, this song, like, this is all these verses. Well, how would you feel if you were stranded on death row? You wouldn't be, you know, in your, you know, you wouldn't have it all together. You'd be all over the place. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, listen, listen, RBX, he's, he's really, he's really turning in some great performances on this album. He has my favorite verse on here. He, he does this thing that reminds me of Eminem. You know, he's like in this dimension, I'm the presenter and the inventor and the tormentor. It, it sounded like Eminem to me. But no, it's RBX. I'll, I'll admit, I like his verse, although it is goofy. This man said, you're a victim from my drive-by of thoughts. <laughs> I just, no, come on, man. I just I just don't know about this one. Uh, I'm not smoking the chronic right now. Okay, well, I'm not either. I'm just saying there, there are things to enjoy about this record. You know um, what? I might even just give it a flat six. I don't even know why it's a six plus. Well, you got to wait until next week to do that. And uh, it's it's produced by Warren G and Dr. Dre, as well as Chris the Glove Taylor on drum programming. All those all those people involved. We got four uh, inmates, if you will. We have Bushwick Bill. You know, of course, we got 
We got a Dre. We got Warren G. We got the glove. And the song? <laughs> Listen, bro, you, you know what? No, I'm not me, smoking the chronic anymore, Dre. Let me, let not... me act like a J. Cole fan on Twitter. Did you even read the lyrics? Did you even listen to the song? Listen, bro, RBX, no prevention from this lynching of sorts. You're a victim from my drive-by of thoughts. No extensions. All attempts are to fail. Blinded by the light, it's time you earn Braille. From a lunatic, I'm death like arsenic. When I kick a wicked rap, Dr. Dre will hit the scratch with treachery. My literary form will blast and totally surpass the norm. Not a storm, plural, make it many storms. When I'm vexed, I fight leg, necks, and arms. In this dimension, I'm the presenter and the inventor and the tormentor. Deranged like the hillside strangler. MC mangler, tough like wrangler. I write a rhyme hard as concrete. Step to the heat and get burned like mesquite. So what you want to do? The narrator, RBX, cell block two. Damn, my nigga, you good. Okay. Mm, mm, <laughs> oh come on! See, you know what? You you know RBX what? was way you better on black. the last track. He was way you, you better on uh, when, when he was black. on uh, track. You 12. ain't black. I, I'm sorry. You ain't black. We we don't want to hear from you right now. And you know what? You know what? Snoop doesn't either because he says, and all the homies on the streets is all about peace, and it's driving the cops crazy. But ain't yeah, nothing we but a black thing, album. baby. Ain't nothing yeah, but okay. a black thing, bro. You know. And then Listen, Snoop does that thing where he sounds like he's rapping like through I a said, fan. Snoop has, Snoop has the best verse on the song. The song's just not that great. They call him Eastwood. You don't like the song. <laughs> you gave the song the same rating that I did. Be honest, I'm forgetting that I gave it a six plus, but yeah, I did. You know, just... I'm forgetting too until I'm reminded that you did, and then I'm like, wait, what is he talking about? This dude's out of control. <laughs> we needed more RBX on here, more RBX and Snoop. It's never a bad thing to have more RBX, but his verse on here was nothing special, guys. It was, bro, come on. Honestly, the whole thing should have just been Bushwick Bill talking that shit. <laughs> Get that freaking poet laureate of death row out of here. Okay? Let's, let's, whatever. Let's, let's continue. Uh, we got the next track, the penultimate track. Track 15, The Roach. Yes. Um, what we got, who we got on here? There's a lot of, feel like, feel like the whole cast, they came out for like the curtain call. Is that what it is when the whole cast comes out and they bow and is the Roach, the chronic outro? We got Ruben Cruz, RBX, the Lady of Rage, Joel, Image, and Daz Dillinger. Well, Snoop's yeah. not on here. Uh, um, produced by Dr. Dre and Sharon Moore, who did the live drums on here. Okay. Um, now, this is a uh, this is a Parliament sample slash interpolation. Um, you know, P Funk wants to get funked up. Yeah, they well, kind of uh, do a little uh, play on the words here. You know, make my blood the crowning. Oh, listen, I'm, I'm gonna get into up. that. I'm gonna get in that. You know, let's let's get this out of the way. I, I give I give this thing a six plus, bro. Oh, I give it a seven. And I and I'm not mad at that. I'm not mad at that at all because here's the thing: musically, I like it a lot. Um, I just I don't think it's needed. Um, it's it's like I was flirting with like it was a seven minus at first for me, and then I was like, eh, eh. 
You know, like I'm gonna have to give it the six. I think I, it's I, as, I think it's as needed as the intro. If the intro is needed, then so is this. Well, here's funny you say that because I wrote in relation to the intro because I do look at this as, as the outro, even though there's a song after. Because mm-hmm. I mean, look, it's called the Roach. It's like the Chronic and then the Roach, like it's the end. You know, I'm thinking like just. But with that being said, it's like yeah, yeah, just put it out already. It's a Roach, Dre. There's nothing there. You know. I think this doesn't tie into the album as much as the intro does. I agree like, because it's more straight up funk than uh, like G than everything else. But right. it's the outro, so it's like we're kind of right. kicking off our shoes now and laying back. And I feel like I'm smoking the chronic again. I just picked up the roach. Well, you know, you know I like, feel oh, like okay, this is still there's still a little bit left in here. I guess. I wonder if this would still be. A uh, six plus for me if there wasn't a song after. Like if this was the proper outro, I wonder if if this would be a seven minus for me. I mean, because here's the thing, bro. There are I I like the music and it is catchy. That make my bud the chronic. I wants to get fucked up. Make my shit the chronic. I got to fire it up. I'm listening to this and you know how I do. I always have to apply it to myself. I don't smoke the chronic, you know. So I'm hearing this. I want the bomb. I want the chronic. I got to get fucked up. Make my bud yeah, the you know, chronic before Hawaiian I take it home. You drink. Well, no, I'm like, listen. This is I wrote. Mel, when he makes the meal a large, yeah, they got to bring go. that super size add, back, bro. Nerds, when you add nerds, serious slush. Yeah, you can make my the chronic, okay? I want you know, to I get effed up. up. You know, my teeth want to get fucked up. <laughs> you know? Listen, if you're listening to this right now, uh, uh, Big Trump, you listening to this show? I know you, you love this show. It's this a tremendous show. show. Get your useless orange butt up and do something real for America. Stop trying to oppress people and give us the option to kill ourselves with grease back. Bring back the super size. Yeah, and okay. make my bud the chronic. Make my mill the super size. Make his bud the chronic. Okay. Listen, they almost manipulated me. They, there's a part in the song where they get to like the he's talking about food. He's like, mm-hmm, triple cheeseburger. Oh, you talking about some food? I got some some fries and a and a motherfucking couple it. sodas and shit. You and a hot it. apple turnover and all that old munchies. <laughs> bro, I was loving that part. They they you know, tried to get me, bro. It almost got chronic, over. The chronic is already, you know, you're at the roach. Now it's time we gotta start thinking about what are we gonna eat? What are we, we gotta get do? the we gotta go on the run, you know, we gotta get the, the food. We gotta we got the munchies, you know? I love it. That triple cheeseburger. Whoo! He almost got me. He almost got the seven minus. You but know, I, but I just I had to be you. real I would with actually, myself. I would actually give it a seven plus wow. if it was the proper outro. But I agree, the sequencing is a bit odd to end yeah. the album with a song after this. Because it yeah. kind of feels like it shouldn't be the penultimate track. It should be the outro of this album. Well. But I'm smoking the chronic again. I've uh, relapsed. I've picked it back up. Well, I'll tell you this. Uh, we go, we move away from what, if you ask me, should have been the proper outro to the album to mm-hmm. what feels like a bonus track of sorts, but is the actual outro. Track 16. Uh, now, keep in mind, these are not my thoughts. Bitches I'll say ain't it if you shit. don't want to. Oh, okay. There no, you go. no, I'll say it. I'll say it. Bitches ain't shit. Um, starring, of course, Dr. Dre. Uh, who else we got on here? Snoop Dogg. Mm-hmm. No, Snoop Doggy uh, Dog. There is no Snoop Dogg Snoop, yet. Snoop Doggy Dog, The Dog Pound, and Jewel. Uh, funny. We'll, we'll get to Jewel in a bit. But um, uh, give us Produced a six plus. Dre. Produced by Dr. Dre. Plus. Um, it's not, I don't see. like it quite as much as fucking with Dre Day, but 
I still do like it. And at least we, uh, you know, I would have preferred to maybe have it be track 15. But yeah, if it was going to be on here, if they felt like it had to be on here, it easily should have been track 15. But ending the album, it's It's a a heck of a note to end the album on. It's still a good song to me. Um, Now, this is actually the B-side to the G-Thang single. Okay. And, you know, um, I like this. This is the misogynistic centerpiece of the album, right? Well, yeah, for sure. But I still think that, like, the G-Funk production shines through here. Kind of feels like almost a throwback to the stuff you'd hear on the first half of this album. It is. It's just, and it is catchy. I'll give it that. But, like... I mean, this song. This is one of those songs that has endured. It's like it's it's. I hear like the the phrase in the hook is used often still, uh, not as often as you know in other phrases, but people do you know quote this chorus. Uh, I mean, like, look, musically, I like it. I like it about as much as everything else on the album. But you know, I just you know. Now here's the thing. It's it's not the whole song isn't talking about women because Dre's verse is an easy e diss. Well, yeah, because you know? he once knew a bitch named Eric Wright. Yeah, you know, um, which I mean, so you he kind of uses the the bitches concept to just take more shots. Yeah, easy. I mean, you can, you, I'm sure you can find the, what's problematic about that. But yeah, you know, but the rest of the verses are about women. Uh, Snoop Eastwood is back. Um, he is. And I'll say this about his verse. I have a question for you. Should mm-hmm. Snoop have killed Daz? <laughs> Oh, that's I, just, I just want to know. You know, I just, I just want to know. No, no, no. Okay, that's funny. Though. Okay. Um, well, then, with that being said, then you should leave Drake alone for doing what he did with Wayne's girlfriend when Wayne was locked up. Well, Drake, you know what? I'm not even going to say it right now. I'll save it for another episode. <laughs> Let's save it All for right. the Carter Four. Yeah, well, Carter Three. Yeah, well, Carter Three, Carter Four. We'll see. Yeah, Carter Four. Yeah, and Carter Four. Um, if we ever do Carter Four, things. Uh, yeah. Things a freaking abomination. Oh, it's not that bad. Anyway, we were talking about bitches ain't shit. Um, I'm not here to weigh in on if bitches are shit. Well, they are shit. I'm not here to weigh in on that. I'm here to tell you if I enjoy the song or not. Right, and you do. And I understand why. I mean, look, musically, if they had been talking about... Really, if it was just Dre's verse, I would like this thing. Actually, if it if it was just Dre's verse and that was the concept, yeah, I, I would I would be okay with the hook, you know. But you know, it's just I, I can't I can't in good conscience ride around and like and, and like really be listening to this, you know. Like it's not it's not that like I'm softer. I I feel like listening to this means I have to agree with it. It's just like I just you know it's one of those things I don't have any utility for it, you know. It's and and what's interesting is is Joel on here. Uh, I'm like. I hope she wasn't pressured into doing this. You know, this is, I'm sure it's a very masculine environment. And it's like to have her singing on this song well, and well, like quote, echoing their sentiments. Your, to quote your idol, he loves calling the women bitches. <laughs> no, it's I hate calling the women bitches, but the bitches love it. I could have sworn he said, and made I love a nickel calling of the women it. bitches. I'm urging all daughters to kiss it. their mothers. With those oh, lips no. and all that lipstick no. covers. No, no, You're no, never no. too grown up to miss and hug her. No, no, don't no. Get no, no, no. Don't, don't get me started. Don't get me started. We don't endorse any of the behaviors put forth by a one Jim Cornette, a one David Starr, a one Aubrey Jim Graham. Crow. What? 
Okay. You said Jim Crow? Well, we I don't endorse Cornette. that. Oh, okay. Well, listen, Joelle, uh, just just blink twice if you're if you're in danger. You know, um, she's not in danger. She has multiple credits on this album, and the song's a seven well, plus. Well, we don't know if she wanted to she be on this album. She knows bitches ain't shit. Oh dear. Well, here's what's funny. Um, she was sounding like Jill Scott on here <laughs> to me for a second. I was like Jill Scott, and I was like, Nah, this is uh, this is the often discussed Jill Scoot. Yeah, this is, is Jill is, Scoot exactly. This is Jill Scoot on here. Look, I think he uh, ended on a good note here. Seven plus for me. Uh, I wish it was flipped. Like, I wish I could give this a seven plus and the Roach a seven plus because it came after this. But that's not how he sequenced it. I find that to be kind of odd. It's the one sequencing choice on this album where I have to scratch my head and ask why. Why? Yeah, it's 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 a strange sequencing choice for sure. Absolutely. Uh, I'm not going to say it's a maybe, bad note. Maybe to end I can on find I like the explanation the somewhere. Maybe he's talked about this before, but um, I like the song. But I I do agree with you that its placement on the album is is pretty baffling. But now. Here's the thing, Mel. Uh, we're at the end. Well, well, hold on, hold on. We we reached the end, but I was telling you earlier. I, I had a, a quick, quick story to tell you uh, that you know was interesting. So I got I got to that on my final listen of the album. I was listening on that daggone Spotify, right? And it goes off, and it was like set to like autoplay, like to whatever else was in his catalog, I guess. Okay. And after this, this song goes off, and then. I need a doctor comes on. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Skyward Gray and Eminem. And I just I start cracking up because I'm like, my God, this is like night and day. Have the like, mighty have fallen. You know, like I'm like, bro, like you go from the chronic to this. Like, I wonder what he would think hearing I need a doctor in ninety two. Like, is this me? This ain't me. Nah. <laughs> you know, but no, it is. It was like it was so weird. I'm like Bro, this is so not yeah, the knows that song This is so wack, not G Funk. That song never made any anything. It never came out on anything, really. It just I need release. a doctor. Bro, it came on and I was just like, yo, this Dude, is ridiculous. I'm just I'm having flashbacks to that music video of like Eminem looking at Dr. Dre while he's in that like Frankenstein chain like thing of just like in submerged in liquid. <laughs> what is going on here? This is and let me tell you, the, the mixes, the mixes weren't, uh, he fell off with the mixes too. Cause I let it play for a little bit. Cause I was like, well, let's, let's see what this, let's see what's going on here. And it, Eminem was sounding like he was under a, 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 a daggone, uh, garbage. It's, you know, it's weird because like, I would say that the chronic is definitely, um, well mixed and produced and arranged for sure. Absolutely. The chronic 2001 is like, wow, we're taking production drum programming all that shit mixing mastering to a whole whole new level and then it feels like once like kush and i need a doctor and like there was actually a little bit of a singles push behind detox like it might have happened they were shooting videos they were putting out uh 12 inches and stuff like that i feel like that stuff so i'm talking dre like 06 onward feels very sterile in a way that like even 2001 doesn't like 2001 sounds like complete like the reinvention of of mastering and like in super high fidelity but then as time went on i feel like his mixes and his production got too sterile 
And then in the Compton era, I feel like his mixes got so busy that like we're talking about detail and layers. There comes a point when there's too much of that going on. And now okay. I like the Compton album just feels like a big, uh, like, a, I mean, that thing is just like overproduced to we, we don't talk about Compton. It's an album. Oh, we'll have to talk about it one day, but it's an album. Um, so yeah, I mean, honestly, man, going into this album and when we put this album up on the board before we started the season, the idea behind doing this album was, I was like, Oh, you know what? This might be controversial because this album is one that's pretty much always discussed in the top five hip hop albums of all time. As I said before, it's like in, you know, Illmatic is commonly referred to and thought of as the greatest hip hop album of all time. I feel like this album is frequently brought up in the conversation in the sense of like, if Illmatic is Citizen Kane, then this is Casablanca. I mean, this is an album that is repeatedly brought up in those discussions of the top five greatest hip hop albums of all time. I have to say, I disagree. I mean, I don't think this is the best Dr. Dre album. I don't think that this is the best West Coast rap album. But I ended up liking this album more than I thought I did. I thought this was going to end up being a lot more uh, controversial. But as it turns out, I like 11 out of 16 songs on here. So not too shabby. Um, well, let's, let's, let's get into it. So let's put this thing on the board. Um, you like 11 out of 16 on here, as do mm -hmm. I. Not the same 11, but we both like 11 tracks. That's a 68% takeaway. Yeah. Uh, for me... He got 109 points out of 160 for a 68% average. For you, he got 112 out of 160 for a 70% average. So you enjoy this thing a little more than me, but we both like the same amount of tracks. Okay. Um, my weighted rating would then be a 68%. Yours is a 69%. Giving the Chronic by Dr. Dre a 68.5%. Or a six point eight. Wow, that's going to be controversial. Listen, folks, write in at Rap Rankings. You know the PO box. Listen, I know, I know. But right, you 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 hate us right now. We gave the Chronic a six point eight out of ten, basically. Right, you know, to to y'all, like because you don't actually think about the scale and what that actually means. That's probably like a, a two point eight out of ten to you. But that's not that's not what's happening. We're trying to tell you that's not what's happening. We, you know, there are things to like about this album. Oh, oh come on, come on. Yeah, 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 yeah. Shut up. So, uh, Mel, Shut on the board, up. on the board, uh, what album is it better than and what album is it underneath? Well, uh, a 68.5% puts it at number seven on the board. It's in the top 10. For now. Um, it's under, right underneath Curtis and right above Idlewild. Right underneath curtis yeah yeah i guess the protege you know you know he did what wow. he had to do so 50 cent curtis the album well here's uh, the thing you like curtis more than the chronic i like chronic more than curtis but the but you know we don't the the the, the combined weighted ratings mean that curtis is better wow yeah so hey i didn't better, want it to be better like album, this. i wanted according to I wanted, rap rankings i wanted curtis to be better than graduation but Hey, it's going to be better than The Chronic. 
I think we're going to have some problems here. I think some people are going to be really mad. Well, listen, here's the thing, man. Uh, and I think we both realized, by this. the way, you I told can me see this the board. Going in. I can see the board being updated uh, on the website live right now. Uh, well, yeah, I'm going to take it down once that? we're done. So we don't spoil this, but I had to put it in here for the time being. So I can tell you where it is. Okay. Um, yeah, as of uh, this is the story. You told me this going in. I had to find out for myself, and I agree that I think the album is outstanding for pretty much the entire. Well, yeah, Flawless. the entire first half. Flawless. It's great. In the second half, the, the chronic doesn't hit the same. It doesn't. It really they, doesn't. Like, I don't know they, what's they going must have on. Changed like, up the strain. Like I don't know what happened. It's not the same tracks. chronic. The first eight. Well, the first nine tracks are flawless to me, and then. I'm I'm pretty much out of it until the last two songs. So, well, for me, it's the first eleven tracks, and then I don't like anything after. If it was just that first eleven tracks, this would be a perfect album for me. Now, for me, if it was the first nine and then the Chronic the outro and Bitches Ain't Shit, then it would be an eleven out of eleven, obviously. But there's a whole stretch of songs: track ten, track eleven. Track 12, track 13, and track 14 that I'm just, for one reason or another, I just can't give it to those songs. And that's where the album suffers. You know, when I put this on for the first time in years, a few days ago, on my first re-listen of this album, I was DMing Mel and I'm like, yo, like... This thing ain't this yet. I don't know. I might be tripping. This might be this might be a classic. And I can't agree or disagree with the fact that something is a classic. I kind of feel like that's decided on just due to, you know, like critical acclaim, cultural influence, record sales, whatever. Um, but, you know, this album has endured in the sense of it being highly lauded by critics is like one of the best of all time. I can't say I agree with that, but that doesn't mean that I dislike the album. So I can't sit here and be like, Oh man, the chronic sucks, man. Everyone says that album is so great, but it's just not like it is very good, but I can't go ahead and say it's one of the best of all time for me personally. So I'm sorry to disappoint you all, but this is how I feel about the chronic. Uh, better than I remembered, but still not living up to its stature. Folks, it's not a classic album to us, but it has classic records, classic yes. moments. We will that can't be denied. But as an album, yeah, y'all might y'all might have been capping a little bit. I just mean, a little bit, a little just bit. a little bit. I mean, it's very good. You know, there are 11 you know, songs to take away from, from this album. You know, 11 right, songs. I just, I kind of want someone to explain tracks 10 through 14 to me. You know? Are those classic? I mean, let me know. Yeah, it's like this is, you know, so that's where it is. It's it's at number seven on the board. Um, the top five and the top, the bottom five are, are unchanged. Um, well, why don't you list them off for the first time listeners? Uh, I mean, they can go to the web. We should be driving them to the website. The board's on the website. It's at raprankings.com. You know what? We'll read it every time the top it changes. Five and the bottom five. Yeah, every time the top five and the bottom five changes, we'll read it. But you, 
You can look on there. It's a bunch of stuff, a bunch of interesting stuff on that website. You can see the board. Maybe um, we'll even after, you know, we get into the hundreds, we'll maybe we'll start doing top 10 and bottom 10. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Right. Exactly. But, uh, if things listen, enter those, those places, otherwise we'll just tell you what's above it, what's below it. Yeah. But, uh, you know, this is, this is the chronic folks. This is, this it's is the no Curtis. <laughs> imagine, imagine hitting the timeline with that take the chronic. It's no Curtis. You know, what albums I mean, did I like better than The Chronic this season, or this this in the history of the show so far? Oh, I mean, I don't know. I would have to open the let me uh, let me open the board back up. What albums do you personally like more than The Chronic? Yes, is that your question? Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. Uh, MF Doom, mm, Food, Paid in Full, Eric Bean, Rockin', Riding Dirty. Uh, a long hot summer, Curtis, and that's it. Okay. Yeah. So I think it's better than graduation, which is number four. Right. I think it's much better than graduation. Yeah. Now me giving it the eighty three percent weighted. <laughs> Russian Russian uh, Russian operative. <laughs> Good morning. Actually, not no. good morning. Good, you know what do they say? Like good morning, good morning to everyone except Kanye West. How about that? Because uh, the hey, boy's listen. wild these days. I ain't got time listen. for it. We we got an album that has on the board yet? Oh yeah, graduation. Yeah, <laughs> man, was that chronic. chronic? You you still smoking it? <laughs> man, well, what are we doing? It's this thing's almost four hours now. It, it's gonna be was it was talking about three 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 minutes and then yeah, we got some guest spot. It's gonna be it's gonna be about a three and a half hour show. You know, it's the chronic. We gotta make sure we keep them keep them energized. You know, it's three, three. So you know, it's, it's shorter than uh Dan. We like but, it better uh, than Dan. Yeah, that's well, that's for sure. That's for damn sure. So you know what? If you want to extrapolate some data here, it's our number one West Coast rap album right now. Yeah. yeah, there you go. That should help look, me feel better. MF Doom, Long Island. Eric B and Rakim, Long Island. UGK, Houston, Texas. Kanye, Chicago. Mass Ace, Brooklyn. 50 Cent, Queens. Dr. Dre is the first West Coast representative to appear. Yeah. I mean, so I as of right now, he's got the number one West Coast album. So how about he's, he's that? Better, better than Kendrick. And, better uh, than Kendrick. Better than Kendrick. And who else from the West Coast did we do? Well, you said. I mean, I think that's. I think that's it. Well, I know Bear Bore back. Big up. Bear thinks he's from the West Coast. He thinks he's so from he's, the West Coast, but he's actually from Nebraska. So yeah, but it's better than him too. Well, yeah. I love this board. So much information. So much data. Yeah, it's a good board. It's a real good board. Robertsons.com. Listen, at this point, they probably are bored. It's been three and a half hours. Let's let's, let's get out of here, man. You know, we got we got a, we got a big show next week. We do uh, a really big show. You know? We got a really big show next week, and all I have to say is, for now, let's roll out. <laughs> all right, uh, see y'all next week. Right here on Rap Rankings, the only show where every listen. is like a first listen.